What's up, everyone? This episode of Power Spike is brought to you by Trolley Sour Bright Crawlers. We can't get enough of their soft gummy texture and absolutely love their surprising flavor combinations. It's the perfect adventure for your mouth when you are gaming. Room for hosts to share their favorite flavors of Trolley. Oh, this is where we're... Okay, my bad, my bad. Uh, yeah, I really right. love the strawberry grape uh, flavor. It is my favorite. Scuffed you- reed. Scuffed reed. <laughs> nice. Why? Yeah, D God, insert opinion here. Uh, yes. Well, um, it's the only thing that's keeping. I think the trolley, the trolley gummy worm is the only thing that are keep, is keeping Dom upright right now after his uh, his day of two five game series in the LPL and LEC stretching on for hours and hours and yeah. hours and, and face check in between which Degon stretched for like I mean it could have been over like an hour right, he stretched on. it for like an hour and 35 He's minutes this show for like five years Dom how often is it me that has a scheduling time thing all right I just want to no. put that one out there don't throw me under the bus on that one. <laughs> no. there's the 30 minutes before was that me Trying to set up my camera? Oh, we know we know how that goes. All we right. all know how that goes. All right, all right. Uh, again, shout out to Trolley Gummy Worms. <laughs> Get your tongue twisting, mind warping, tire thrills at trolley.com. Also, Andrew, and then answer your opinion. Yeah, and answer your opinion. Also, Andrew came up with a pretty good term. We're running off of pure trolley dust right now. I really like that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, where's where's your bag, Dom? You have your bag with you somewhere? <laughs> no, I haven't left my desk. I haven't eaten anything. I mean, I ate oh one thing. God. I ate a I ate a protein bar, and I realized like when you're because like obviously the LPL playoffs have been going, and we've been doing LCS with LPL playoffs, which means that literally when you do LCS into LPL playoffs, there's not enough time. Like even if you fell asleep the second you turned off the stream, you still would not get eight hours, right? Like there's just not <laughs> the time to sleep in between. So we have all those days of that, and then we have LPL into to LEC for these next days. And then I do the talk shows on this day too. So yeah, I mean, we're just, I don't know. We're 13 hours in. I might say some crazy shit. I'm, I, I'm feeling it. So, you know, you know, Dom, casters have a rule where it's like, you start to get loopy after about five hours, five, six hours. And you start to yeah. say things you'll regret, but I mean, you're like twice that deep now. So we're really, yeah, no, go I mean, maybe I'll just start <laughs> making like perfect sense after 12 hours. Maybe it just like reverses and I'm just fine. I doubt it. That just seems like that's not what's going to happen. So then let me let me get this jersey thing out of the way uh, before we go too crazy. The uh, Women's World Cup is happening right now. Uh, so for those of you football fans, soccer fans happening around the world, I love seeing international competition. Uh, and you must hate League of Legends. Uh, anyway, continue. <laughs> I, I love I love the world portion of League of Legends <laughs> when I feel the most alive. So the Philippines has had their first ever um national team play in the women's world cup they play again tonight later on uh and they played well they actually scored a goal that was offside so it was barely offside so uh just representing the uh the team nice platform that i have so nice there we go all right uh for those of you watching live we just saw five games of banger action that dom loved of g2 versus excel Mm -hmm. where uh it, it was a close series, very, very close series. Went down to Elder Dragon in game number five. We got some silver scrapes. Dom, please give us your thoughts fresh off of uh fresh off of that series. Uh, I mean, it was yeah, I mean, it was something else, man. I felt like G2 was, I mean, generally they're the better team, but they made so many int plays. It feels like G2 might just 
be getting nerfed from the fact that they're winning all all their scrims or they're just like fighting all the time and just winning fights and outhancing people because a lot of the fights they go for there's like no reason you'd go for that fight unless you think you're significantly better than your opponents so yeah i, I don't know it was it was pretty tough to watch for me because i think g2 should be playing at a higher level like they've been the team that i've been the most hyped for from europe the entire time and uh, they just uh, they were putting themselves in situations they didn't need to be in. I mean, I think Yike had a pretty rough series overall. Like, I don't think he was playing very well in the series. Um, I mean, Peach he didn't save the final well game at least. He made the play that won the final game. Yeah, but I mean, that final game like is massive draft gap in their favor, and they just kept on fucking it up like over and over again. So. <laughs> It's it's hard for me to see a series like that and feel super good about EU's chances. But then again, maybe XL is improved. I guess we'll have to see uh, next week when we get the loser bracket best of five. I mean, I just get kind of confused by some of the like the G2 draft strategy uh, within some of these games. Because when uh, like when you look at the rel first picks on blue side over champions like kaisa which we know are just extremely powerful right now and obviously that's like raising up the ranks in terms of priority around the world i just really i just really question what these guys are are doing um and i think it's just i think it's just disappointing to me because i'd like to see g2 i appreciate the fact that they <clears throat> I think they're six and one on the Cogma right now. So it has been a successful pickup for them. And we've also seen them play the Jace or the, uh, the Lucian into the Jace. So they kind of have unique counter picks in some ways or unique uh, strategies that more or less have only been utilized by G2 or at least utilized multiple times by G2. We've seen a couple of Cogma games in, uh, in LCS from Berserker and Tactical, I believe. Um, but for the most part, it's been G2 that has been the most successful on the Kog'Maw pickup. So I appreciate that they have this deep bag of tricks. But I, at some point, I would also just like them to prioritize the power picks and be able to play those as well. Because at, at this point, I feel like they're kind of getting too cute. Yeah, they're they're definitely drafting in ways where you feel like I mean, either they're way ahead of the meta or they're way behind. There's no in between. Like. <laughs> I just think that they don't play a lot of the champions super well that are currently meta. Like the Jace in that last game, up in, for up until a point, he was landing like zero shock blasts. And once he finally started hitting them, the game changed. But when you compare that to like other Jaces that you see, it feels like the champion is just not as powerful. Um, the Kai'Sa pick just doesn't feel the same uh, as well. So I, I just think the Prios end up weird. Also, like Braum is, is good, but... I feel like you want to set up Braum picks in situations that make sense. I mean, I guess they kind of like got the other team to pick Braum at a point and then they got the Milio, which is an insane counter for G2. But a lot of the times I feel like they're the games are way harder than they actually need to be. Well, that's what I was going to ask. If G2 lose this series, because Excel had hell of an opportunity here in game number five to do it. They had the momentum going into it as well. Just a peach. God, peach is so not good. Um, but if they lose this series, how different do we view G2? Is it still like, oh, well, you know, they're dominating. They've dominated all year. They don't even need this championship to go to the championship points. Or is it like, hey, this is actually catastrophic. What, how, how do we feel about if, if they lost this one in game five? I mean, I think you could hear in the interviews with Dylan Falco and Broken Blade after the match that especially 
uh, <clears throat> Dylan, their coach, was pretty um, directly unsatisfied. And he's a kind of, I would say, circumspect and quiet guy. And for him to directly say that he was pretty disappointed in their performance today, I think is is kind of indicative of that's not what they've been doing in scrims. And that isn't what he expects of this roster. So I, I think that this is a probably a one-off and maybe some cockiness for G2 that they were, it's, I think they were just trying to be too clever in a lot of these drafts because like, again, like they have their unique picks. They have this way they like to play the game. But I think that if they just prioritize a lot of the, the biggest power picks that are available right now, the drafts look very different and you would be able to see an easier road to victory. It's almost like they're fighting themselves in, in order to win some of these games. And yes, if the Kog'Maw gets to three or four items with Melio, we see Hansama able to carry these team fights. But it's a matter of kind of getting yourself up to that point. And also Hansama, you know, legitimately was making positioning errors in the mid game, which were opening doors in game five for Excel to actually win. Yeah, I mean, I would say the thing that I was probably, I mean, I would assume that, that Dylan as a coach would echo most of these sentiments. But the thing that I was most disappointed about was the fact that okay, if you are playing those champions, you have to play like you have those champions. Like, if you have Cog Braum, you don't play like you have Samira Nautilus and go fight in their jungle level five before <laughs> you have items when you have, like, a fucking dagger or some bullshit. Like, what the fuck is that? Like, why are we even fighting uh, half the time? I mean, like, this invade on, on Rel, the Rel's, like, perma-invading. The Lucian is just diving mid. It's just so uncoordinated. There's no reason to be doing any of this. And there was just a lack of structure overall in the game. So... For me, watching watching it, it just felt like G2 on the day, like they were just playing way too aggressively to be playing the things that they were playing during the split. And if you watch the way they played during the split, I even went back and I looked at some of the games. Each of their Cog Braum games before, besides for the one where the game was completely fucked up early, where Yike, you know, died and surface azir had a million kills besides for that one these were low kill games these are games where they get barren when the score when the kill score is like two to four they're playing slow they're playing control they're waiting until kog is spiked and then they're just taking the uh objectives on the map and and snowballing off that so watching the way that they were playing today it just felt like they lost the discipline that they had been working on all split and that's disappointing because they they actually had cultivated a new angle a new dimension to their play style and that just wasn't there today uh, more of the story, G2 cocky, more news at five. That's, like, that's what it just feels. They got it done in the end, though. And it was a very exciting end to the game, number five. I mean, Yike did make the kind of wave cut play that prevented XL from closing the game and gave them a yeah. shot at another Baron. So, I, I mean, they, they, did, they did actually end this in the way that we thought it should have been and stopped XL. I, I do want to praise Excel a little bit, though, because this team is definitely more than the sum of its parts. And I think Abadage had a very good day, which we haven't seen from him in in quite a while. Um, he was like pretty mediocre when he was uh, at the end of his Hundred Thieves career, and then starting again here on Excel. But the turnaround for Excel has been extremely good, and the reunion of many of these Schalke players, at least in their mid game, they do make decisive decisions and i think they do trust each other and play around each other well the question is really whether they would have the 
individual playing ability in order to match up versus top teams because I think their coordination has generally been there. Um, but they also have to kind of out team fight their way out of early deficits a lot of the time, uh, whether that's Peach, who often has really struggled in the early game, or Odo Amne, who had been, I think, good in their last series that XL played, but maybe not so great today um, and hasn't had, I think, the best year by his standards. So it, it feels like they could, they're able to battle back. But the cap on this team is just. It's not that high, and I, I just I don't want to see this team play like play internationally, because if they give up some of the advantages in the early game to really good teams, these games are going to be very ugly. If you are drafting Kennen and the enemy top laner is playing Renekton, and he also speaks Mandarin, you will lose the game if you die one time at level three. <laughs> that is just how it works. You will lose the entire game. Dom, I need you to, let's, let's, you know, let's tap into the 12 hours of work here and do, do some role play. You are the agent for Peach. Can you please give me some <laughs> redeeming qualities about why he needs to return to this team next year? <laughs> you were 10th place without him. Like, that's pretty much it. You were 10th place without him. He might suck, but at least he does some shit. And you guys were the most inactive team in the history of fucking LEC. If you go back and you watch those splits, those went that winter and spring split, and you see the way the team lost by just doing nothing and letting the enemy team make every single fucking play they wanted on the map and then just sit back, farm, and lose. You'll see what Peach brings to this team. Peach just walks around and makes shit happen. He just walks around and ints, and then people can play off the ints. You have players that they want to fight, but they don't know how to fight. And Peach makes the fight happen, whether he does it in a good or a bad way. So that's what I would say. He makes the decision for you. And in the late game, it doesn't matter how many times he's die, he dies because anyone can press R on Maokai and win a team fight. This is mm -hmm. true. But they can't press R on Trundle and win a team fight, which is why. Is, are you pressing R on the Maokai? <laughs> I guess you could. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that was the uh, G2 XL series. Again, G2 will be waiting in the grand finals for the summer split. Winner of that summer split will be moving directly to Worlds. That's how that works, right? Yeah. Summer, summer split winner goes directly yes. to Worlds. Everyone else plays through the uh, championship, uh, uh, the LEC championship. Yeah. Oh, man, all the naming shit for the LEC. I keep fucking it up. <laughs> season finals. That's what it's called. The yeah. season finals. <laughs> Fuck. All right. Um, see, okay. See, I know, I know, Degon, you think that because we have a 2023 League of Legends season, as well as, you know, the, the, all of the different, you know, the season finals, you are at the end, right? So that's the one consistency. Yeah. In terms yeah. of the uh, in terms of the language, except there's also winter season, spring season and summer season <laughs> with the 2023 season. So what season is it? Yeah. And then also like the season finals are the world championships, technically, which, you know, that, that would be the real finals of the entire season. <laughs> but, you know, well, like who who the fuck cares at this point? Just might as well. Look, look, literally, I've talked about this with Thorne a million times and we've just we've just overrode the, you know, the LEC and we just call it. Best of ones, best of threes, best of fives. That's it. Well, also, why can't you just call it the LEC championship? Doesn't that make more sense? Yeah. Well, also, I, I need to clarify what I said earlier. The summer playoffs winner does not get the free seed. There, there, there is no free seed to Worlds. You have to uh, uh, place high enough in the summer 
in, in the season finals, which you will be seeded by championship points. Okay, there we go. That's why championship was in there. And there's no season for the finals because the finals is seasonless. It's timeless, except in 2023 because it's going to happen in 2023. We need to do this segment every fucking, every show, just because it's so <laughs> fucking ridiculous in terms of the naming nomenclature. Uh, all right. Name the LEC naming yeah. every show. Format good, naming fucking awful. Yeah. Format. Uh, I'm not even sure if the format's good at this point. I don't even know if I if I like the format anymore after seeing it multiple oh. times. I no, think, I think no. the, the the problem with the format is that you only play over two patches for like the entirety of the the split, and I think that that's not that great overall for for teams because I think a big part of the game is being able to like adapt and you know learn a patch and then move to another patch i think that's one problem i think the other problem is that if the patches suck which some patches just fucking suck you're just gonna end up watching some bullshit and like think about the patches we had 1311 was such a terrible patch that was when yumi was super op zeri was super op milio was super op and static shift was really static fucking shift. OP. like like it's just it's a complete clusterfuck and that's normally one of the worst patches to play on because you have the big big mid-season patch then you have this 1311 section which is like riot seeing how things go in competitive and then they fix it 1312 and the game becomes better again so it's always that first patch you don't want to be stuck there but that can eliminate you like it, that can eliminate your your you on a for a whole split that one section of the tournament so I yeah like it only eliminates the bottom two teams let's be real come on if you yeah. i don't care how I bad mean, the patch is if you can't get out of bottom two fuck off i mean yeah then vitality will just fuck off then like okay FlyQuest yeah. will fuck off then. <laughs> I mean, we're only eliminating the bottom two. FlyQuest also had many more opportunities to not fuck off, and they chose not to take them. Yeah, uh, that's, look, I, I, I feel like FlyQuest is a more legitimate bottom two than a Vitality is a bottom two because they got to play on, like, three different patches. So you can't even make the argument that it's like, like, they were bad at everything. Like, they were bad consistently at every part of it. Whereas, like, sometimes teams just suck on a patch. Like, you just don't. For example, all the teams, how many teams are still banning LeBlanc on blue side? Any of you. How many teams are still afraid of letting like that's the OP pick? You look at, at China, rookie is like, please give me it. The only time the LeBlanc is banned on blue side is like when Fofo's in the game. And it's and he even will play it for some teams. He just won't play it against rookie because rookie is literally his fucking father. But outside of that, you know, most people are are going to be at least playing it at some point. And you know, a bunch of the EU teams, they just gave up. And it doesn't, and I think another problem with the format is it doesn't allow you to actually feel like you could practice a lot of the time. Like there's only Correct. one team that I mean, maybe two that actually were practicing during the split. Everyone else is like just playing for their fucking lives because they're so scared at some point that they're going to like fall through. I mean, even XL, who ended up doing pretty well, like they started 0-3. So they were in do or die mode after week number one, which means that like week two and week three, they're just, yeah, they're just playing for their lives. They don't have the ability to be like, oh, let's diversify our playstyle. I think this is more of a complaint about... um well, you have extra splits would be the argument. So all again, all you have to do is not get bottom two. And if you need time to retool and you get bottom two, you're still going to be able to scrim and actually fix any cohesive issues throughout that entire time period, right? So in a way, because there are more splits, yeah, you have some more downtime, but you also have time to actually fix problems if you get eliminated, which I think is different if you're then you're, you're in the constant grind of the regular season um, forever. The other thing I would mention is that the complaint might be about the patches, which I agree with you on, but I think that if Riot is going to move other regions to this kind of cadence, then, which by all accounts, they are going to do that, 
then they might also move the patching cycle in order to make this better, which would alleviate a lot of your complaints. Oh, wait, 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 wait. I'd, sure. I don't think that they would change the patching cycle because that doesn't, the, the patching cycle doesn't feel like that's an esports thing. That's a game thing. So but the implementation what, of when those patches enter right. the esports realm. And okay. also, they can also do things like if they know they could make more major changes on the patches that the esport isn't on and then refine them for the patch that the esport is on. You know what that you know what I mean? Yes. So yeah, if you're yeah, skipping yeah, yeah. patches, you could actually kind of do more or less changes in the patches where you know the esport is being played on versus the ones that you know will never have the esport played on them. Yeah. That sounds like a lot of coordination with esports, but much more doable than like, hey, can you do a patch every three weeks or every four weeks instead of every two weeks and then you just can't play solo queue? Like, I think that's that's the main issue I have with this format and kind of what happened with the LCS. It it, it felt like you just, you had no way of just grinding out games and getting familiar with it and getting the muscle memory into uh how things feel on solo queue it was just scrims or tournament realm and that that just doesn't seem conducive for all regions practicing purposes like that that doesn't make a lot of sense to me so maybe hopefully the powers of be are thinking about that a little bit and not just like well looks like everyone's practice uh results are just going to be a lot worse right i think they're going to be pretty <laughs> large systemic changes to the the league of legends esports circuit for next year all right. Well, uh, we talked G2 and Excel and kind of the LEC structure as a whole. Let's move forward to one of our favorite segments of the day. Time for Devoured, where we take a look at how one team ate up another team. This one is presented by Trolley. All right. Let's take a look at it and get into it. Okay, again, one more time. Get your tongue twisting, mind warping, sour throws at trolley.com. <laughs> Just kind of the way uh, our one team that ate up the other team did. KT, it was a battle at the top of the late, uh, the uh, leaderboards over in the LCK. KT versus Gen G, the two titans of this year going head to head. And Monty, it was quite the slaughter. That's right. KT is the predatory bird and Genji were the delicious worms being absolutely chewed to pieces, right? <laughs> Just like that. Econ's giving you the, the sample right now. It was, okay. it was glorious. It was glorious. KT did what they needed to do coming in. We got to see new champions from players who had never played them before. So weirdly, BDD had never played a single professional game of Jace in his entire career, which you consider him as a kind of poke player is quite surprising, but had a very good game in his debut on Jace. These were two games. One of them was 27 and a half minutes. The other was 26 minutes. Pretty dominant overall. And KT does the opposite of G2, where they just lean into all the power picks. Does it, have they played them before? Doesn't matter. They're going to take them in the early rotations. Does that mean that Aiming's going to play every single game for the rest of his career on Kai'Sa as long as it's insanely broken like it is right now? Yes. And finally, teams are thinking about banning it versus him, but gets it in game two anyway. And even though Pays does achieve a lead early on, 
aiming just goes ahead and swaps into lanes on the other side of the map and gets advantages in other ways. Keen continues to be absolutely amazing. As for our Keen pain, as you put it last week, for MVP, it's going fucking great right now. All the, the pays stands in absolute shambles as a result <laughs> of this series. Pays, my, my complaint about pays was that he was doing his job, but his job didn't necessitate that he be the big playmaker on the team. And yet, this one game, game number two, oh yeah, that's right, Pays has the lead. He's getting ahead in lane. Does Pays step up and hard carry this game? No. He brutally ints and gets caught out multiple times <laughs> when he is his only win condition, not an MVP. Keen is a fucking MVP. He's the hero, constantly getting into the back lines, constantly turning games on their head, playing amazing Renekton flanks. Hell yes. Go Keen. Uh, the specific play that I think highlights that is uh, in game two, Lahens, I think, or it starts with Cuz ulting on Poppy, delight away on Rakan, and then Lahens on Alistair just punches, punches Pays like out of the pit into the middle of the rest of the team, and he just gets destroyed. And it was like unlucky that the support got knocked out, but it was just Pays getting beaten up. And uh, yeah, shout outs to the Keen Pain. Keen Pain HQ is pretty happy. Uh, Dom, the series, it, it was KT dominance, and we're kind yeah, of. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't much of a series, these, uh... to be honest. I was expecting yeah. more out of uh, Gen G, but we all to be honest, like, we've been seeing, so we've been seeing Doran a little bit like on a, on a heater recently, and I was like, okay, <laughs> like, hold up. That was, that was fake news, Dom. Do you want to know the teams that Doran was oh, on yeah. a against let me list them one out of them, one of them was t1 yeah t1 which was without faker that was their first week without faker and I, their coach i, I didn't know, you know what i didn't know literally quit th like a couple hours before that yeah. match versus gen g okay what, what i didn't know is that faker was actually microing zeus the entire time yeah, now i exactly. know that that Caria and zeus are actually just complete fucking frauds and just they're, they're <laughs> just not able to play the game faker was the reason why Woo! ft so much is he's actually just looking top looking by like oh yeah you should hit that see oh yeah go in here like he's literally just micromanaging his teammates all the time because they can't play lanes without him um i'm sorry t1 fans Please, you should probably turn this one off. <laughs> All right, Dom, you, you ready for some extra ammo for you? In the second round robin of play, uh, T1 has now lost to Gen G. They have lost to D plus. They've lost to Hanwa, and they've now lost to Breon. Their only win I've, was a I've two every over single one of the, I've water viewed every single one of these on my stream. <laughs> I know you have the hater episode series. I've been enjoying yes. it. <laughs> yes, I have, a, I have a new one. I mean, I actually go into the reasons why why they're losing, and I, I don't think that Faker's going to come back and just magically fix all the problems. No. I think I think that they have more problems. They were having problems. these problems beforehand. They were having these problems beforehand, absolutely. I mean, if you look at the first Nong Shim series that they almost lost, like, it didn't look good, but when you watch their coordination in fights, it's like they're just doing things that don't make sense for a cohesive or for what a cohesive unit should be. I mean, I broke down one of the team fights super in-depth from T1, and the way that like they they engage at 4v5, somebody uses a, a fucking complete combo, and then owner just throws out his sigil. No one can hit, no one's in range. That like that's just completely absorbed for free. And then the next time, like, you know, everyone has their cooldowns down, carry goes forward, hooks, and they can't kill anyone. It's like there's just no coordination where 
they're using their abilities as one. It should be like, okay, we have our abilities, we throw our abilities. Okay, we missed our abilities, we, we step back. Okay, we have our abilities again, we walk forward, we try to hit our abilities. But it's just like everyone's just throwing out their shit randomly and then like they, they want to see if anything sticks. And at the end of the day, like even if one person hits because they're not coordinated and they're not looking for the same things at the same time, like there's no way to actually gain an advantage where when you look at bro bro is actually doing a much better job of understanding what each player's job was in a team fight like karis for example he's holding a zero ult for the jacks to jump in jacks jumps in he has zero ults he's not gonna zero ult until jacks jumps in because that is like the main thing that he is using his ability for that's the relevance of his ability within the game like you can see in in the fights that the Rakan is saving his spells. Rakan is saving his quickness for a time where the fight is going to be completely engaged. He's not looking for a pick when there's no reason to actually go in yet. And T1, it felt like everything was super off. I mean, the beginning of, of some of their Drake fights were literally just three V5s. Like Zeus is basing. He's not, he's not even TPing and they're going early. He's basing to buy items to then TP. And by the time he TPs in, he's like, all right, I'm here, guys. And no one has any fucking ults. And, and people are missing like Gale Force, Flash, whatever the fuck. It's just so weird to watch T1. But yeah, back on the Gen G. Um, <laughs> I see the, the detour point. for you there. For, I, I, yeah, I did that. Yeah, you set me up. You set me up to flame T1. <laughs> I appreciate that about you, Monty. The series of Gen G versus KT, I mean, it just looks like Keen is a better player. You see Keen on the Renekton game too. And, you know, he has an advantaged matchup. Like, obviously, it's, it, it's a good matchup. Renekton into Cassante is a good matchup, but he just does better in it. Then, on the other side of it, when Doran is playing into Keen's Jax, like, there's just actually no lead on the Renekton. The Renekton is just less useful than the Jax for the entire game. So it's just, he's winning both sides. He could play the ass side of the matchup. He could play the power side of the matchup. And he's just always getting a lead. And Doran was just completely useless in those games. He was just completely useless. Oh, yeah. Useless. Preach it, Dom. I love to hear it. I love to yeah. hear it. Keen for MVP. The most deserving player. And honestly, I really feel like this should probably flip a lot of people's votes around who are thinking about picking Pays or another Gen G player. Because KT, as a result of this 2-0, are now in first place in the LCK because they, mm -hmm. they own the, the map score differential as well. And as far as the rest of the games go... Uh, KT plays Kwangdong and T1 this next week, both of which should be very easy in, in their current form. And the last week is Nongshim and Live Sandbox. So there's a real possibility that we go 8-0 here for the rest of KT. We, and, we yeah. baby! And Genji, you know, Genji still has some hard matchups left. Uh, Genji has D-plus and Hanwha life. Hanwha's looking better and better. And the thing about D-plus plus? they always play Genji close. They always play Genji close. And they Even usually when they were win good. Even when they were good, they were playing Genji close. So yeah, crazy. but even yeah, I mean, it's like even when D plus was bad, has been bad, they've been playing Genji close. It's something about the the versatility of the Canyon and Showmaker. I think pair. it's just because Canyon is just so much better than Peanut. I, I literally think that <laughs> that Canyon is just so much better than Peanut that it's very uncomfortable to play. Uh, Genji also does not great when there are weird picks, and that's what D plus does a lot of the time. Here's a question: um, Who's yep. the worst player on D plus? It is probably Kana. Um, and who's there to exploit the worst player on D plus? I think that is uh, that is Doran's gangplank you're referring yes. to. <laughs> so that's, I think that's like one of the issues. When you look like player by player, I feel like D plus like their players actually match up pretty evenly around the map, and like there's nowhere for like there's no one to to really exploit D plus. So for example, when D plus 
plays against KT or when they play against T1 when they're in form, it's fucking Zeus and Keen. And that's just a huge mismatch topside. So I think that this is like one of the reasons why why they play better. Just player for player, they match up pretty well. I think you could probably make an argument about Bible at this point in time because D-plus is clearly hoping yeah. that his lackluster laning and occasional ability to get caught out is made up for by having improved late game shot calling. Shot calling. I'm not sure. I'm not sure that's true from yeah, what I've seen of D plus. I watch, I watch D plus games. They, they are not good at closing out games. They, they, they are, are not. definitely not good at, at, at closing out games. So I feel like this is just a narrative that ran wild because of that, that clip when he was first subbed in last year where he was playing the Amumu and he was like, I'm going, I'm going, I'm going. Then everyone killed him. Like, holy shit, this guy is shot calling the shit out of the game. It's like, that's not like shot no, calling. No, no, no. The it's, real shot calling is like setting things up and, and like getting yourself in a position to win. It's not because of that clip. It's because the team itself and the players have made comments about him being significantly more vocal in comms and about setting up strategies. So they just but, not listen to him then? Uh, possibly. Uh, possibly. Just say, it's like he's shot calling. I mean, it's all bad shit that he says, but I mean, he is shot calling. I mean, like, he also, the argument might also be he's making plans and then he's stepping too far forward, dying, and then they can never execute on them. That's another possibility. Have you considered that one? <laughs> the plan might be there, but he might fuck it up, right? Uh, so I don't know. I, I think I think this is an experiment that D plus has to run because I don't think that I had think they had probably reached their ceiling with Kellen in the roster and they might put Kellen back in because they realize that the downside to having Bible in a weaker laning phase might be actually worse uh, than what or, or might be actually better rather than what they're getting right now. Um, but I do think that this was a good time to experiment with it. And honestly, there's basically no risk, right? They're already locked for playoffs. They're not going to get top two. Uh, so as long as they get top four, they have a two game lead on T1. Who cares? You might T1's as well experiment. Shit. T1 is about to fucking lose to, to the freaks. Don't they play the freaks next week? Uh, they play DRX oh. and KT. Oh yeah. And then they play the freaks, the freaks of the week after. So I mean, they're, they're going to lose. Absolutely. Yeah, but here's, they'll lose to KT. Here's the and thing. then first DRX, like who knows? They could lose. They could lose, but T1 only needs to win one more best of three out of four. And they play DRX, KT, Kwangdong, and Live Sandbox. They will win one of those. They absolutely will sure. make playoffs. I mean, they have a they have they're seven and seven, and then there's four teams that are tied at for six right ten. now, and they're all four and ten. So like yes. T one, I, I looked at this before because like as a hater, you know, like I was just like proud. Like, is there a chance of them not making playoffs? I couldn't it even is, cope myself in a way that they don't make playoffs. Technically honestly. possible, but it is so unlikely because also it's the map score differential that really like locks them in. Um, and they will probably win a best of three and all they have to, even if they lose all their best of threes, they're still probably in the playoffs, right? Yeah. Um, it would, it would take a very specific sequence of events. That said, it's if, really unfortunate, isn't it, Monty? It, if Breon, here's the thing. If Breon can get into that sixth spot, which I think that they can, they will be a better team heading into the playoffs than T1. Yep. Breon yeah, actually... They, the the win that Brian got over T1 was very important to the playoff race for, for Fred or OK Savings Bank. They're not fretted anymore. Mm-hmm. For the bros. Um, yep. OK, right. bros. Time time for the for the callback before we close out Devoured presented by Trolley. Dom, can you please explain what the other side of a matchup is if one side is the ass side? It's the... <laughs> I mean, am I going to get canceled? Are you trying to set me up to get canceled? <laughs> you have the good side and the ass side. <laughs> All right, cool. Thanks, you you have the side that it. should win and then the side that, that should lose. All right. Thank you. 
All right. Uh, this has been Devoured, presented by Trolley. Uh, make sure to head on over to trolley.com to find where you can also get your tongue-twisting, mind-warping, sour thrills. Uh, okay, cool. All that right. one's down. Let's move on next to our categories. All right. Oh, so what, what is actually the uh, the status of Faker? So it is like he's probably going to come back for playoffs now is what they're saying? I don't think they know, but that I don't see a reason to play Faker before playoffs because it's not going to change anything about T1's yeah. position. They're too far behind to like crack top four reliably, so you might as well just rest him for the maximum amount of time, I think is the logic. Yeah, that's actually like pretty sad. I mean, that's pretty convenient. That could be four more episodes of The Hater before playoffs. <laughs> even. <laughs> that's, like, that's some content. I like well, it. What if, what if he's good to go right now and they're actually scrimming with him, but then they just are resting him and letting Pooby play right now, you know? <laughs> um, possible. That one in there? No? Okay. I, I mean, maybe. Uh, perhaps they should go take an LCS boot camp, just like quit with all of their roster, right? Uh, go over to North America because they've already locked playoffs, right? I've yeah. done this before. That's how it works. It yeah. works really well. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> I, I wonder if the kids are young enough. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, Zero cool. out of 10 would not recommend. <laughs> yeah. Never mind. All right. Bad, bad idea. Good joke for Monty. Let's go to next up. It's, you know, we followed and tracked these teams from around the world, but now we have proof to make definitive, definitive statements on who the biggest fraud is in this week's fraud alert. We've got three teams, and honestly, we could throw T1 in there because of we've seen how bad it is. Oh, let's but, throw T1 in there. Let's do it. All right. Yeah. We've got four teams here up for our fraud alert this week. Who's the biggest fraud between OMG, Vitality, FlyQuest? And T1. Let's get into it. All right. So here's the question Who the fuck put OMG with Vitality? <laughs> no, no, no. no, no. I, I put that in there. But it, we're supposed to rate the teams out of 10 as to how fraudulent they are. OMG is clearly the least fraudulent team. Okay. I always, okay. I always, I always mess this one up. My bad. It is not the most to the least. It is on the, on the, on the, the fraudometer. fraudometer. Honestly, that's what our graphic should be. And then I'll remember <laughs> this is a grading scale, not a like prize, like a medal, you know? All right. All right. Let's go. Let's start with OMG. So OMG, Don's been talking them up all yep. year. They show up. They have a hell of a series against a surging EDG. They're up two to one. And like Dom also predicted, I think, they overplay their hand and they end up losing the momentum in the series and they and they drop uh, three to two yep. to EDG. How fraudulent do we go with this team here, Dom? Literally zero out of 10. Like if you think OMG is a fraudulent <laughs> team, then you are completely delusional as to what the word fraudulent means. This is a team that shouldn't be close to top six. If you look at LPL and even if you look at like betting lines going into the season, OMG should not be a top six team in LPL. If you look at the teams they're playing against, think about the series they had to win in order to make it to top six. They have to beat two world champs and the greatest AD carry of LPL in, in LPL history. Like that is the series and they lose by one game. Like so the, that, the, that, that is the series they lose by one game. To me, it's more disappointing that 
what I said originally came true, which was this is going to be a hard series and it could go either way. And it went to five games and it looked like it could go either way that if they lost to AL, which they should have lost to AL, they get a better side of the bracket because of the way LPL works. You don't get any choice in LCS and LEC. You get choice of, of, of who you play. Um, well, back when LEC had a different playoff format, when it had like the, the original playoff format that it had for years, you get to choose who you want to play. So you get so you don't have an, a, an incentive to lose. The fact that they should have lost to AL to get a free win versus NIP, and then that free win versus NIP would have pretty much guaranteed them to go into the next round. I think that's complete bullshit. I, I generally just really dislike the idea that you benefit by losing. And like, sure, maybe like EDG then cleans them up in Gauntlet or something. But I think it's really shit that they went fourth in spring and seventh in summer. And that equals not enough points to make top six over a team that could have potentially went 17th in spring and sixth in summer. Like, how does that make any sense? If you just think about how like the format works. So I would say like OMG is just zero out of 10 fraud fraudulency. Like they were 11 and five and they lost by one game to EDG. I think they do get one or two points of fraudulency because they still should have been able to take the win over EDG. EDG is a team that has been really troubled for most of the season of LPL compared to the, the spring split, uh, including losing their up-and-coming star player who was the best-performing player. I do think that the meta kind of swung in EDG's favor in that top laners do have a lot of agency to carry right now, and Ale has had like a pop-off kind of end to the season as well as playoff run. So that has been working in EDG's favor. But for the most part, like they were struggling at the AD carry position uh, early on in the split when they made the replacement. Uh, Uzi had to shake off the rust from coming out of retirement. And, you know, Fofo wasn't very good for a lot of summer. So I still think that OMG was the favorite going into this series. And especially because as we talked about last week, the meta seems like it's really quite good for OMG overall. Like there's a lot of potential to use some of their more niche champions in more meta ways. And while we, we did see some of that in this series, including... Yeah, I, think it, I think it's actually bad for them overall. To be, really? like when I when I analyze the meta, so I think it's good in terms of they play the champions, but I think that the way that it's bad is now that Rumble is just considered OP and like ninety percent of the teams are banning Rumble, and they so lose that pocket anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's not yeah. a pocket pick anymore. So every team when they're scrimming is just like, yeah, we just ban Rumble. Like you can make that one of your bans and you didn't lose anything. Whereas before you had to make a bunch of these like decisions of what we actually take and what do we give. And then when you look at like mid lane. Cream's whole playstyle, like his champions are just not good right now. Back when he was coming up and like what he was really good at last split, what were his best champions? Akali, Silas, and Ari. And right now it's a bunch of like LeBlanc. Well, Yone is still very strong right now overall. I don't think Yone is that good. I don't think Yone is that good right now. I, I think it's, it, the problem with Yone is it's pretty much only playable into Zero. Like you shouldn't be able to get away with Yone into LeBlanc. LeBlanc is just a counter to that champion. And then when you think about like Nico as well, that's another annoying pick for you. So I feel like all the like champions that are strong right now, we're in essentially in a Zero Jace meta with like some LeBlanc, some Tristana and Cream's been able to pick up those champions and he's gotten good enough at them where he's like, he looks like he's like a, a good player still, but it's not his specialty. Like the thing that makes him a special player is the fact that he can play the Akali, play the Silas and all this stuff. Um, and then on like the other side of things, I think that like bot lane underperformed considering like the meta picks, but all the picks that Aki was good at before, you know, like Wukong is out of the meta. He was like Wukong one trick, like Vi is starting to fall in prio. So when I look at like what they're best at, I just don't think that 
this enables their best champions to carry. And then the other thing I would say is Shanji is not a good Renekton player. And Renekton is back in the meta. And Renekton is an answer to Cassante, whereas before there wasn't an answer to Cassante, besides for like Jax. And it just makes the the Cassante pick less attractive, which is one of Shanji's pockets as well. So I, I would say the meta is like mediocre for them. Like to bad if you consider how everything is actually going to shape up in a draft phase. So I think that at least in the hands of specialists right now, we have seen the Yone do very well, especially with a lot of the, uh, when you can actually execute it with a dive composition. So I think it's a really good pick to have in your back pocket. Yeah, if you have if, like, for example, a rumble top, that's what we see it with a lot of the time, right? That's what we yeah, saw sure. with, with Hanwha Life played it, right? Like that, yeah, that's yeah, the combo. I mean, the two, rumble, look, the two, the two big Yone teams are Hanwha and o OMG. Um, you know, Zeka is... Zeka is seven and one on the Yone this split, yep. and Cream is four and one. And actually, globally, uh, it is it, they're fourteen and two. Uh, Yone is fourteen and two across all major leagues. And the other instances we've seen are in the LCS. So Insanity, Licorice, and uh, Palafox have all played at one time, and those have all been wins. Um, so I think among the Yone teams, it is a really valuable and scary tool. Um, and we did, in fact, see how good it can be. Uh, in this series, uh, in, in especially in that third game where OMG was like on the ropes a little bit and then they managed to pull off, you know, the epic engage and it just womb if you can get angles with a lot of crowd control, you can just hit those giant wombo combo ultimates that are really exciting and teams that play Yone are accustomed to doing that and that broke that entire game. I mean, it really flipped the narrative of that game when Uzi was kind of getting scary on that vein from the early game. Uh... Dom, I wanted to ask you a question. Uh, never mind. I'll save that question for later on. Um, so OMG on the fraudulent meter, at most a two. Yeah. I mean, this team is not supposed to be top six in LPL. That's part of the reason why I love them so much is they got there. <laughs> they got there by rebuilding. Like they just rebuilt with people that you've never heard of. Like maybe you've heard of if you follow like LDL in China or some shit. But like Abel was essentially a bust. He was considered like a fucking draft bust. He was supposed to be the next Uzi on RNG. He wasn't that guy. His value wasn't super high within LPL. He goes to OMG, who was, at the time was, was a bottom tier team. You have Cream, who's a 17-year-old mid lane assassin only player. Aki, a player that came out of LPL. Cold, who was like this fucking mega old veteran at the point that looked like he was way past his prime. Like he was with the OMG in like 2017 and he was just still there. And then at the time, they had Nu and Makuya, which were both just getting stomped all the time. So if you see, like, the way that they developed and, like, got actually better, that's rare. Like, if you look at LPL talent, how many teams are made up of players that actually get to the top that aren't stars, that aren't, like, world champs, LPL champs? Like, look at every other team that's that's left right now. Look at, look at every other team that's left in the LPL right now. Here, let me just go through them. Okay. So right now you have BLG, who is Yagao, who's a multi-LPL uh, champion. You have Bin, who's an LPL champion and MSI champion and a world finalist and a MSI finalist on top of that, right? You have Shun, who, you know, he's new. Elk and On, who, like, these players were going deep in playoffs. Like, Elk and On were going, not deep, I would say Elk was going deep in playoffs two years ago, and On is, like pretty new but you have like two players that are already like insane and then when you look at every team it's even more it's more extreme jdg a bunch sure. of multi-time lpl champions yep. 
you know, now you have like a uh, fucking the what the best AD carry of all time, who's won MSI and Worlds. Like it's just it's just ridiculous. You look at LNG. Oh, who do we have on LNG? Oh, we have a two-time MSI champion. We have Scout, a fucking World champion. We have back-to-back -back MVP of LPL now. Back-to-back -back MVP. You have Gala, who won two LPL titles. You have Scout, who's won an LPL title as well. I don't know. He's won probably multiple LPL titles actually. Then you look at top esports, you have Rookie, one of the best mid laners of all time, like speaks for himself, world champ, Jackie Love, world champ, Tian, world champ. Like this is like who is left? Like you look at this shit, it's just like world champs out the ass. Like everyone's got MSI champs, world champs, like everyone yeah. has I think with Xiao okay. Hu, MSI, the Shy, Worlds, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Weibo, I mean, you just made the point oh, for Christ me as well. <laughs> yeah, and then and then the, the team that, that ended up being top six over them. So those are the five teams, the team that, that they ended up losing to is EDG. Where obviously like Fofo is weaker, Uzi is not in the form that, that he was supposed to be in. They still have he's still a he's still a <clears throat> two time world finalist. Yeah, he's still a two time world finalist and MSI champion. You have like Mako who's a world champion, JJ who's a world champion, who out jungled yeah. probably the GOAT jungler at that point in world finals like the, it this is like it's different when you get into lpl you go to other leagues you go into lpl and you're like what the fuck is this like it, it's really different when you hit top six of lpl so that's like why i don't consider it fraudulent because they're not supposed to be there but they got there by by being unique and playing a game that no one else is playing so yeah it, i mean they lost that, by one game to edg it's like what are you gonna do in, in also arguably arguably should should have won the series yeah they they could have like they had a bad day they had a bad day and they lost by one game it wasn't like they showed up and got shit stomped 3-0 or something like they <laughs> they like jj was having a fucking monster day and they lost by one game in that roster creation you talked about uh you know in, in terms of edg it's like oh omg went up against two world champs and the best ad carry in the region i mean Move double lift on over to uh, Team Liquid, and you got the same thing here. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Pretty much. All right. Uh, all right. OMG. Now, I, Dom, Dom has talked us off the fraudulent meter. I think that toned it down. Let's go up next. The team that has been idle the most, waiting for their fate to be sealed, which was sealed uh, this past week with the playoffs, Vitality. They are done for the year. Um, and, and, I think with that comes a pretty high fraudulency score here, Monty. <laughs> especially because the number of iterations we've seen from this roster, especially when you consider that both them and Excel were highly touted coming into this year in LEC, but Excel went from 10th place to 10th place to, you know, at least fourth place right now, right? That's, yeah. that's at, least third. Third. at least third. Oh, at least third place. You're correct. Yeah, at least third place right now. Um, so this is obviously a huge, huge improvement for XL. And I do appreciate the fact that we saw Vitality continue to make roster changes, but whatever is fundamentally broken on this roster. And unfortunately, over the past couple of years, I think we know what the constant of this roster is. And as much as it pains me to say it, that you might just need to not have perks anymore. Yep. Um, which sucks a lot, but when it's just been disappointment after disappointment relative to the cost of the roster. And I, I say that knowing that at times perks has been one of the better performing individual players on this roster, but his form hasn't been super consistent. And there's just something about having the per the like everything revolve around perks decision-making around the roster moves that isn't creating synergy or an environment that is conducive to letting these players flourish or for them to develop a, 
serious play style. So I don't know. It hurts. Like, I think Vitality, obviously, how could you have been more hyped for them this year than than with the bow edition? And then oh, especially, yeah. too, when they made the the, you know, when they made the upset swap really looked like, OK, this is the move that is going to send Vitality to the top. And so I guess by this split, if we're just saying like the most recent split, are they fraudulent? It's it's pretty disappointing because they they at least ended the spring split with a good regular season record, even though they kind of bombed out in the later stages of the split. But they were just absolutely awful um, during summer. So I would say this is like probably like a nine. Yeah, this is hugely, hugely fraudulent. They got 10th place with one of the most expensive rosters, like superstar in like somebody who like you're taught. We talked about the other side of it with OMG where like all their competition is champions. This roster and also LEC isn't that good this year either. So like it's even easier to win. I mean, you have Kaiser who's won two splits and then you have perks who's won like nine or something (laughs) ridiculous. Like it's just, you got to do better than this. You can't be 10th place in this league. I mean, we like Evie. Evie is top four in this league right now. Peach is top four. Peach is top three. Yeah, Peach is top three. <laughs> and Evie is top four. And, and Peach, they figured I mean, it Peach. out, man. They figured out how to play as a team somehow better than Vitality. That is of wild. Course. Of course they did. They they looked at what, what they need from their players. And they're like, all right, Peach. Like when Peach was really struggling and he was running it down, like his first games in summer were absolutely terrible. They just put him on Maokai duty. And then Vitality did the, did the opposite. They're like, oh, we have a really talented individual player. Okay, he's the one that goes on Maokai duty. It's like, no, 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 no. Maokai duty is supposed to be for Kaiser in this situation. Put Kaiser on Maokai duty. Put perks on his fucking like Annie. I mean, Annie Evie, Nico too, in playoffs, all he's doing is playing Orn and Renekton. So he's either playing one of the most busted champs in lane right now that isn't very mechanically demanding. Unskilled champions. Or he's playing the Orn who just sits under turret and teleports back when he gets low and then has to hit an ult, which to be fair, Evie did do a relatively good job at, and then just wait to scale. And then what's his job? Building items for his teammates, right? Uh, Evie Chads, don't worry. We'll get to LEC playoffs in just a little bit. So hold tight. This is, though, the interactive part of the show. So if you're watching live right now, we're grading vitality. Don't don't give any context. Just put the number of fraudulency out of ten. Just type it in. Also, if you're people, watching, people the are going to do like twelve out of ten. It's like we rate dogs, but we rate frauds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> twelve also, out of ten. Bad, also, if you're bad if fraud. You're, <laughs> if you're watching the vod, help us out with our discoverability and our our uh, interactivity by writing the number. And then underneath, reply to yourself why. Like, help, help us out there. Uh, a couple a couple good ones that we've seen. We've seen uh, perks out of 10, upset out of 10, 75 out of 10. I don't know why I picked that one was pretty good, but this is this is pretty good uh, interactivity here. I think this this one has a strong feeling. This is making yeah. everyone feel strong feelings here, guys. Yeah, to the to Dom's point too about OMG. Um, this this split or this year of LPL has been really stacked and there are a lot of really fucking good teams in the LPL. And so it's even harder for OMG to crack the upper echelons, right? This is the I mean, freest and they literally year. did last split. Yeah, like this is, this is the split. this is the freest year of LEC in some time. And so mm-hmm. if you suck in the freest year of LEC, truly you are free vitality. Yep. Yeah.
honestly, you know, we, heretics was sucking in the free steer of LEC and now they're the ones they figured it out. They benefited it up. So, uh, there you have it. You know, one of the numbers here, Monty, as we'll continue the segment, but we're, we're evolving here on the show. One of the numbers that we saw was, uh, for 20, 69 out of 10. And I Very think good. we have some friends that might help us with some. <laughs> That's right. If you think that vitality is 420 out of 10 fraudulent, you can go and get a freeze pipe, uh, which will, of course, cool your smoke by over 300 degrees. If you put its food safe glycerin chamber in the freezer an hour before you smoke it. And you can get 10% off off of anything. Look at those the beautiful pieces of glassware on your screen right now. You can get any of them for 10% off or all of them. You can buy them all and get 10% off your entire order with promo code LFM at thefreezepipe.com. Thank you, Degan. That was a very good setup. Thank you. Do you have one at your house, Monty? <laughs> I do. I'll see you in a couple Here, of here's hours. It's, here's its uh, <laughs> food safe glycerin chamber. Uh, and I could put this in and then my friend Degon can come over in an hour and we could join together. Yeah. And then we could go watch Vitality Pods. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that might not be that, you know, normally I don't like to watch things that are horrific right after I enjoy that. Um, so perhaps we will avoid that. It might be a little was, too disturbing, Degon. This is true. I was thinking about what would make me want to melt into the couch. And it's like definitely <laughs> watching Bo and a week before he gets benched. That was. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> oh, it's painful. All right, let's move forward. We've got two more teams to go through for our fraudulent alert. This one I don't think will take too, too long. Again, interactivity. T1. Fakerless T1. That is where we're going with fraudulency because this is not Pooby's fault. This is the four other players' fault. I like that. All right? <laughs> we got to rate the fraudulency of Zeus, supermodel owner, Gumayushi, and the biggest brain carrier. Where are we at with this one? Monty, you start. I think it's, <laughs> I think it's probably like a 7 out of 10. Um, because, and I'm talking about this split, you know, T1 was coming off of a, a really disappointing playoff performance domestically. And then also I wouldn't say the most disappointing MSI run because they did take, they did take JDG to five games and they were the only team to do so. But that said, we obviously didn't expect to Dom's point earlier, the players to turn into pumpkins in terms of waning phase when Faker left. Like, I think that's been the weirdest part. So they must be, I think Zayas has been playing better outside of the first week that they lost Faker. So he, he at least his laning phase is looking more like we're accustomed to, but I do think you get to see how great Faker's impact is on his teammates in terms of T1's play style, the way that they were playing their macro in the mid and late game, Faker's intelligence about predicting where players would be on the map to set up traps. And that was really like a lot of the core of their style. And nobody else has been able to replace that shot calling and voice, not even Caria, who we thought probably was doing some of that shot calling. So for me, it's a combination of probably tilt over the situation uh, habitual underperformance and the loss of Faker. And I think this roster is just mental boomed and done. I don't think you can run back this roster again because, you know, now they've lost so many finals that they've been a part of. I, you just need to refresh it so that there's some level of hope and confidence again because I think this roster now, even if they do somehow make it back into a final, which it, it, I think is very unlikely, uh, I think they just mental boom again. 
So I think this iteration of T1's roster is done and it's going to be about rebuilding for next year. And obviously they're going to keep Faker because now we know how important he is to the overall construction of this team. Hmm. This is this is pretty interesting in terms of like teams that stick together. This maybe is like a, uh, because we don't normally get to see this, this could be like a a risk, a side effect of it. If they boom so early in the qualifying weeks, you, you can't recover. This is it. Like, I mean, no... I think it's very unlikely T1 goes to Worlds. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I think they could get it together and beat out like Hanwha or, or D plus potentially. I think Hanwha looks better every week that they play. So I think D plus is probably the closest one. Okay. Well, here's what I would say. So like, I think that from like reasonable takes, they're probably like a seven or an eight out of 10 fraudulency. But what happens if you compare them to what they were last split and you look at what the players were rated? These were considered the five best individual, not not the best team. They're considered the five best individual players. I mean, to be fair, the, the Korean all pro selections are often jokes. It, it's, it's because the Korean voters value so highly like teamwork that they just fucking will vote on the number one team every single time, right? And this is, I think it's a big problem in the perception of the way you evaluate good players because they are unwilling to even consider the fact that very good players on bad rosters might be first-team all-pro candidates. I mean, okay, so my main point is this, right? Like, Carrier was also the MVP. I feel I like... He deserved it. Of the okay, regular yeah. season? Of the regular yeah. season, he deserved it. Yeah, I mean, he like what? What was he good at? He was playing like all these Callista lanes. Like he was playing Callista support, Ash support, Twitch Caitlin, support. We yeah, don't yeah. talk about Twitch support. <laughs> Caitlyn support. He was playing all these different picks, and he was giving them this like power bot lane. Where it was like, how the fuck do we lane against these guys? Like, what do we draft? They always have something. Like they can flex all these champions. They can early pick Kate, early pick Callista, and then they just flex it into support. If it's ever a bad matchup, they just fucking stomp us and dive bot. When I look at like this team now, I don't even know who they are anymore. Like what, who is, where, where is, where is Caria? What happened to Caria? I, I don't see any like semblance of that gameplay he had before. Like, it's just weird. It's like, does he not have confidence in winning lane anymore? Like, obviously they had that, that good lane versus like Dumwon, but in general, it just doesn't feel like they play to Smurf on lane. It doesn't feel like Zeus is this like carry top laner who's dicking everyone. It looks like he's permanent finals or something. It's just really weird to watch him play. So just watching their 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 games, I don't know. I, I feel like for what they're supposed to be, they're supposed to be by far the best team in Korea, and they're supposed to have the best player in every single role. Like, where is that? You're telling me that Faker was the only thing holding it all together? That makes you look really fraudulent. Man, like, they're losing. To, they lost to DRX. <coughs> sure, you could say the DRX game was, you know, when they just got Faker out, so maybe they have more problems then. But I mean, you've now been practicing with this roster for what, three weeks? And you can't even beat fucking bro. You can't well, beat bro. Hey. hey. Cook him. Keep cooking. No, Keep cooking, Breon, I have said that Breon is is a sleeper team and that they've actually been improving pretty significantly. And Breon didn't really have that far to go to start taking wins off of some of the playoff teams because they would often have very significant early game advantages. They would just get caught out in the late game and then throw. 
So if they fix those some of those issues, which I think they are slowly fixing, it's not outrageous that that they would actually, you know, kind of level up and be able to take these games. Number two, I think the psychic damage was just snowballing against T1. Like I said, <laughs> how what much, is that? Well, no, seriously, how many like mind blasts do they have to take? The expectations are for them to win. They came in so bad for them, man. Like they're supposed to have the best player in every role. They have like the biggest. It's fucking not about fan. feeling it must be bad so for hard them to be on T1. It's wow. not. It's not about feeling bad for them it's just about how many times can you i mean they've won one title and it was a year ago and they lost msi as the favorites yeah, lost world as the favorites yeah, lost remember. spring as the lost spring is the favorites i don't think they were the favorites going into this msi um but they also got bombed out by blg in the in the losers bracket yeah, they of got MSI. Fucked, didn't they? that was crazy they did so, I mean, I think that the combination of all of these things happening, and then this is just the 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 mental damage straw that broke the camel's back was losing Faker in your head coach in the same week. Like, I think that this is a this is a depressed team right now. I think the team atmosphere is probably pretty bad. And I think that if you were already at this level of disappointment and then you had to cope through this as well, I think you're just boomed. I think you're just boomed. Oh, well, we can only hope. I can only hope. <laughs> oh man, that was such a great front row seat to the cooking. Both of you, both of you actually were cooking in that one. Dom, I thought this was just going to be a Dom rant segment, but Monty brought up some good defensive points on why it happened. But that was it was, was really great. good. You set me up to like go even deeper into the hatred because if I didn't have those, Monty, I wouldn't be able to argue on multiple different levels. You know, I might have just ended up <laughs> like, look at how good they were. Look at how bad they are now. They're frauds, you know, but now I can like really go into like why you're a very eloquent so... guy, Dom. I'm, I, I know you can go deep on these issues. <laughs> oh, yeah. I go deep on them all the time. I do <laughs> I know for about you an do. hour and a half every every <laughs> twice a week at this point. Your stamina is amazing. Your stamina is amazing. Um, yeah. You know. <laughs> Let's go, Faker. <laughs> oh, wow. All right. Um, shout out to my boy Lee. Hey, you be gone to light that on fire right now. No, there's no way. Joe will find me. Uh, okay. right. I, I don't I don't want that. Yeah. Oh, look at that. Monty's got his. <laughs> do you have your do you have your KT stuff? Can we yeah, wear do. it next week? All right. Next uh, week sure. We'll I have wait. to go dig it out of a box in, in the garage here. But yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that that, that doesn't move to uh denver in a box that moves on your body uh, <laughs> I, I, I am thrilled about KT, the airport. <laughs> fucking fucking hell yeah keen i'm so happy all right finally uh in our fraudulent alert one more team that i think needs no introduction because uh they spent a lot of money on content and media to help introduce themselves and their new ownership it's FlyQuest time everybody how fraudulent is FlyQuest on a scale of 1 to 10? How fraudulent? That's a 10. How is it not a 10? You're, you're a super team. Like, you can't not make playoffs if you are one of the highest paid teams. Like, especially at the scale we're doing. If we're calling OMG a team that like should like that went 11 and 5 and lost 1 BO5 by one game. Like, if we're calling them a 2, how the fuck are you not a 10 if you're <laughs> six and 12 with a superstar roster, like think about how bad. Okay. So here's the question. This is how we know that he, they're guaranteed a ton. Monty, what would you have rated team liquid last year on the fraudulency scale when they got fourth <laughs> oh, place? They got fourth oh, place. Goodness. Yeah. Like a nine or a five and lost their nine or 10. 
Yep, they were. Likewise, it's a fucking 20 then. They're <laughs> fucking 20. <laughs> we're going nine or 10. Let on me, a team that got fourth, I, they got ninth. All right. Well, we, we rate frauds 20 out of 10 for FlyQuest. Look, it's it's hard to argue this because how could this team have really performed worse given the roster that they had? So let's let's roll it back. Uh, okay. They pick up Vikla, who is the rookie of the year at, yep. from, from LCK, or rookie of the split. Mm -hmm. And so he's an up-and-coming promising player. Prince is an MVP candidate on a mid-tier team in LCK because he is so good. He's he's actually converting so much of the... He gets a massive amount of resources and converts them into wins. He is the mm -hmm. shining star yes. of Live Sandbox, a yes. team that, by the way, almost went to Worlds instead of DRX. Mm -hmm. Okay? Mm -hmm. And he's so, the second best AD carry in the region at that point. Ruler is God tier. Who's the second best AD carry in the, in the region at that point? It's yeah, Prince. Yeah. Yeah, right? He was very okay. good. So, so we have these two rising stars coming out of the LCK. Not only that, I was actually pleased to see Prince as a player going to LCS because Prince is very outgoing, and I knew that he would have an easier time uh, kind of handling himself. I don't think he would go through a severe culture shock coming over to North America. Number three, they signed Spica, who is one of the prize free agents. And, and former the, MVP. And former MVP, uh, who was kind of ELO held on previous teams. So there's a lot of promise for him. Then you that. get the most stable player and a weak side player. So you're actually building towards Prince's strengths, right? Low economy, extremely stable, always shows up in playoffs, top laner and impact, right? And then, okay, you have a shitty support problem in spring where... Uh, you know, you have these issues, so you can't get the support you want. Uh, mm -hmm. Both your supports end up looking quite bad. Then you replace it with who a top two support in the league by getting Vulcan. Multi-time champion, multi-time all-pro first team. Not an import, hugely crucial player in, in LCS roster construction because he has been so solid. You spend all this money, you put together this roster that looks really dominant in spring, and People think, especially with Vulcan, easy first place favorites in a very weak LCS. And they get outplayed by TSM that is literally on all minimum salaries trying to fire sell their spot in the LCS. That that that's that sold the fucking split by subbing in Ruby for three games and just taking three free losses. They played with fucking Ruby on their team. No, no, they're not even a 20. They're a fucking 30 in fraudulency. Oh, wow. This is as fucking fraudulent as you can be. How do you look like LCS? Tom, Tom, is this the most fraudulent team in the history of League of Legends? This is, I would say this is the most fraudulent team in the history of League of Legends. And people will look at Vitality and stuff like that. But the difference is this. You're playing in the fucking LCS, man. You're playing in the LCS. Immortals, they're not even trying. 100 Thieves look fucking terrible. They even had like visa issues. They had to play with their own fucking coach. Dignitas just added Rich, one of the worst players in LPL. Literally, like they gave him one game. And they're like, please just leave our team. Like we are starting Invincible for the rest of his life. They get that guy, and he's somehow, like, leading their team. And then TSM has Hanser and Wild Turtle, who they just brought back from the fucking dead, like some necromancy bullshit. Insanity, who's been, like, he was just, he was fucking, he was ejected down to fucking amateur, bro. He didn't even go academy. He went amateur. He had to work his way back, play amateur. Then he finally got academy this year, and then he makes it back to LCS. How the fuck? Ruby was on this. Ruby played games on this team. Ruby played games. Like, you don't understand. Like, he played actual games this split. 
They, they, they literally inted on purpose and they still were two games down on team. Like it is so inconceivable for a team with five like star level players to be this bad. You've got, you're the most fraudulent team in the history of fraudulency. Like you're, you might be competing with like pro sports teams. Like I don't know if there's ever been a team of five players at anything in the history of mankind that have been this bad together. <laughs> Who are this good individually. Let's put yes, it that way. That are this good individually. Also, just what the fuck is going on with Vikla where he can just grind out all these solo queue games, be number one in solo queue, and then just play like absolute shit on the LCS stage? It's appalling. It's appalling. Also, we didn't even World mention the fact that they got... Like, that's please, what I was like, about to say. How please, do you... Like, 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 how do you... The, la the layers are fraudulent, <laughs> so you just peel back one layer and they become even more fraudulent under... Like, they're the they're biggest just, just catfish a... known to man. <laughs> they're the Jeez. onion of fraudulency. With a thousand layers. <laughs> yeah. All right. Time for real life examples. That's what I want both in the chat and in the comments. If you're watching this later, give me real life examples of fraudulent super teams that have failed. Someone said they're the uh, Brooklyn Nets of the uh, of it, which is Brooklyn true, right? We're going to playoffs when they had like the when they had the lineup, right? This Durant, Brooklyn Harden, Nets, Durant, they, Harden, this, Irving. They're going to playoffs. Yeah. Like, look, they didn't go to playoffs. You guys, you have to come up with an example that would be in the bottom 20% of a league. It, bottom yeah, people are saying PSG, that's not it either. Yeah, no, like, <laughs> like, do you know how bad you have to be to be the bottom 20%? That's like if you had a record, like the Houston Rockets or some shit, or like the Spurs last year, but you had a team made, it's like if the Lakers were were actually that bad. Well, like, I mean, even even in, in uh, 2021, AD was hurt. Like players were getting hurt. They weren't playing the fucking games. They had all their players. Like FlightQuest had all their players. I don't understand it. It's just it's so inconceivable. It's so inconceivable when you can start looking at what region they're playing in. Prince Prince almost made worlds. He was a superstar in LCK. He didn't make top eight in LCS. Like he could play with literal academy players. They should still be able to make it. It's just it's horrible. I can't. I, don't, I can't. Let's I hope, move on. Let's move on. I hope you guys at home hear how much urgency there is in Dom's brain to get the words that he's thinking out of his mouth because of how frustrated he is with this. I, I really can't. <laughs> you right. understand. People don't know during the show, but I'm 13 hours in. I've just been talking league for 13 hours straight. Like no break. 13 right. hours. I've just been talking league. Now I know. Talking right. about Monty, I list. know you want to move on, but th there's a couple of other really Please. good examples that are here that are like popping up. Someone said like uh, the Lakers with uh, Kobe Nash and Dwight, the angels currently with Otani and Mike Trout, two of the best baseball players in the planet. Uh, that's probably it. Someone said the Shanghai Dragons, but they just they, they were no bums, man. They had they yeah. yeah, they were not a super team. Yeah, the turnaround that's cool, but that's not the example that we're looking for here. Um, okay, there it is. Our our fraudulency fly quest ending up winning this one, but all of them fraudulent except OMG. We 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 threw one in there, but it didn't quite work out. Uh oh, that's a good one, actually, Monty. I do have to say that. The Denver Broncos of last year. <laughs> we I mean, had the Broncos, so many receivers. We had Russell Wilson. We had a top super, defense. Yeah, they were super injured, though. Uh, and at least the Broncos actually, they had a bunch of wins against playoff teams. That was the weird yeah. part. They had a chance. I mean, they, they beat the Niners. They beat the Jaguars. They beat yeah. the Chargers. Um, so. All right. Uh, thank you to all of our friends here that are 
on top of the sports references across the world, you could also go with uh, just groups of people. You know, if there's a group of people that you're thinking of or like a, a, a Molly crew that was supposed to be good at something and they were terrible at something, you could throw that out of there at us in the comments. All right. Uh, Next up, we will knock these last two segments out because Dom's brain is is turning into eggs right in front of us. We got the the Galaxy Brain Club discussion, which is convenient timing for Dom. Uh, the LEC, LPL, and LCS playoff predictions as it's coming up very, very soon. Let's get into it. Someone, someone threw out Enron levels of fraud. That's pretty good. <laughs> That's good. I like that. <laughs> All right. Theranos. Uh, it's really the FlyQuest uh, is the the Elizabeth Holmes of fraud. <laughs> <laughs> They're worse than the burgers at the Chum Bucket from SpongeBob. This is pretty. Good. These are good. These are good. These are All right. Uh, let's let's go back to LEC so that we can. Go straight to Dom's second least favorite player in the world behind Ruby. It's Heretics and Evie. They made it on out. They've got a matchup, a winnable matchup here oh, against God, Fnatic. playing well. Oh, no. Man, I don't want to talk about it. Well. Is, he, is he playing well or is he just playing Redaction and Orn? I mean, he's playing like the thing is he was even bad on those champs, but he's like like he was only 2k gold down in one of the games like i was like what the fuck like, he's perfect. <laughs> they showed some stats i don't know if you saw my tweet but i showed i uh, they they showed stats on the broadcast and the thing that's so criminal so evi was obviously last place in every stat which is expected but the thing that was unexpected about the stats they showed is that he's also third in jungle proximity, meaning that Yankos is like permanently top and helping him, and he's still the worst top laner by far. It's like, God damn, they did him dirty. So I respected that, but I guess he just, I don't know, he he, he beat Adam's ass. Like, it's weird because I was an Adam hater last year, and now I'm an Evie hater this year, so then Adam is like losing to Evie, so I don't know how to feel. It was really conflicting. <laughs> it was a tough time. To be a hater, I mean, like, just think about think about my day. I went from fucking OMG losing into this bullshit. Like, this was just hell on earth. But, I mean, I have to say, Evie was, like, his Renekton game versus, versus Olaf, he, he did well. I mean, it looks like he deserved to be in top four, I guess. <laughs> did you just say that? Do we really got? I feel like we just made a breakthrough. <laughs> <laughs> I think but it more is a reflection is... on the quality of LEC than it is yes. a compliment to Evie. Th th that is the that is the real <laughs> pessimistic angle. I like that. I like that, Monty. As a fellow pessimist, I completely agree. The... Evie is not good. It's just that LEC is so bad, it makes Evie look decent. Well, the... I think Evie's run is is going to be over with the way that Fnatic at least bounced back and decided that they wanted to play League of Legends this week. So I, th I think the Cinderella run, I think we're we're headed towards a G2 Fnatic clash in the finals. As long as Fnatic doesn't randomly DC all their players or at least humanoid from the games like we saw in the earlier one. Um, they did. I think they bounced back pretty well. So. At least I have a mild hope for Fnatic. I I don't think that anybody's gonna be able to take G two down in those finals. But the the Excel series today is less about Excel and more about G two just kind of digging around and being cocky so that you think Fnatic will skip by it. You don't think Excel learned something from that? 
I think G2, again, was mostly losing to themselves today. And I think you can reflect on what you did, practice some different champions and different compositions for next week, rejigger your draft priority, and probably come out in a much better place. All right. Uh, this first matchup, Fnatic versus Heretics, this is a... Uh, let me scroll up to figure out how to fucking say this thing. Season finals play-in match. The... <laughs> team that loses yes. is out for the year the team that wins will make the season finals uh and then koi is now the one in the hot seat waiting to see if excel wins and or if the fanatic slash heretics team winner wins uh so we'll keep that one in mind moving forward uh g2 taking it all here dom uh i hope so I hope so. Can they do it in at least like four games max this time? Like, do I really have to sit through five of these motherfuckers? Even if you're going to win five games, like if it's going to take all five games, just make the games more reasonable. Like, I don't know what the fuck they were doing today, but yeah, I think G2 win. All right. Uh, Let's move forward here to the LPL, uh, the most brutal playoff bracket out of everyone's. Some we've got BLG, Top Esports, and JDG already waiting with BLG and JDG having the seeds for the double elimination tonight's matchup lng versus weibo how do you feel like this one goes and monty i feel like we know which way you want this one to go <laughs> i know which way i want it to go yeah i mean look i i wasn't too impressed by weibo in the nip series so i, I think lng is probably gonna win but yeah i mean the only thing that i'm a little bit worried about is like lng kind of has that choker vibe about them like when you look at the last playoff i mean they were in the same spot last playoffs right they played against OMG, <laughs> and just a series. They look like they were underperforming. They have a better. Ro- they have a better roster this time, though. They have a better roster. Like I mean, they've won. Yeah, I mean, they've won different player. I mean, they, they replaced their worst player. Sure. I mean, I don't think that LP was the reason. They. I think it's like I think they were losing. The reason they lost to OMG is because Aki completely outjungled Tarzan, and you saw how Aki looked in this playoff series versus EDG. And I mean, that should not have happened. I mean, Tarzan was supposed to be the best jungler in LPL. They're yep. supposed to be the, bi- the best mid jungle in LPL in spring and Tarzan and scout were fundamentally outplayed through an entire series by Aki and cream. And if they get outplayed again, which can happen because Jahu is on his shit. Weibo look bad. The shy look bad. Lo- looks bad, but Jahu looked fucking good. Jahu just, looked fucking good. The shy was just, I don't know, man. Like I, I he just can't help himself. Can he in some of these games, like just yeah, looking no, that it, bad it versus NIP dirty. is pretty shameful. And honestly, like this is, this is a top carry meta. Like we are seeing the best top laners in the world right now have massive, massive effects on games. Having having a versatile top laner and a top laner who is capable of both tanking and carrying is such a huge advantage. We're seeing junglers because of the meta hit hit up topside significantly more frequently, right? We're seeing mid laners roam up to topside significantly more frequently. There are massive hyper carries you can play in top lane right now. Look at the predominance of Jax picks. And so <clears throat> Rumble, right? Uh, when you have a player like the Shy who... Because top lane is so volatile as a lane, if he just randomly ints, which he does constantly, he just continues to int because that's how top lane works. And then the game can just be over. Like it's not, we're not in a meta right now where you can stabilize even with low gold or a losing matchup and like come back. You know, this is why Keen is dominating in LCK. It's not only that he's good, it's that the meta is enabling him. It's why players like Ale and Bin have been so good recently in LPL. They could take yep. it and snowball run with it. 
I mean, I think Zika is just a better player than the Shy, like objectively at this point. Maybe the Shy yeah. has some insane performance, but Zika, like, he's not just a weak side top laner. He can play Jax. He can play Gwen. Like, he just does his job. He knows his job. He just he, does his fucking job. He's he stable. is an extraordinarily consistent player, and that's what I. He's like, he's like impact of the yeah. LPL. You know, he's fucking nineteen, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or is he twenty uh, now? Did he, did he have his birthday yet? I, I, you know, oh, he's happy not birthday, July birthday. Uh, two weeks ago, he actually turned 20. Oh, he's 20 now. He's an old I, man at this point. So. I, I really like Zika because he's one of those role players on a team that you can really build around because he's just so fucking reliable. He doesn't make a lot of mistakes. Is he going to be the flashiest player in a game? No, he's not. But you can just then, if you have Tarzan Scout and Gala, you don't need him to be that guy. He just needs to do his job. And he basically always does his job. I mean, it's cool. I mean, he's another player. Think about like that IG team. He was the top laner. It was him and Shun on that IG mm -hmm. team that was like 14th, 15th place. Last what did they place in in, in summer of 2022? I mean it's got to be Yeah, I mean it, I'll, I'll, let me go back and check exactly, but it was not good. Okay, technically it was a uh 13th place. Yeah, I mean they're 13th place with the roster of Zika, Shun, uh Yukai and Mole were like switching and then winking on. Like that was that was their roster. I, I think that that this guy is really good and I don't think that it's like he can't carry. I just think he doesn't need to carry on this team, but he can play carry champions in a weak side way, which is really useful. You could put a Jax there or a Gwen there and you don't always need to win your lane. I mean, I think a perfect example of this is Keen. How many times does Keen play Jax and he doesn't play to like stomp his opponent in lane with Jax. He's like, he's just doing better than he should. He's just farming 10 CS a minute with Jax, and then, you know, he's just ahead of the pace of the game. He gets two items on time, goes into a team fight, and smurfs. And I think that, okay, I was talking to Whippo, and he said something that was really insightful about top lane. I think a lot of times people feel in top lane that they need to shit on their opponent, but a lot of times in top lane, it's better to just play, like, a, a game where you get a lot of gold. Certain champions, like Gwen and Jax, people think of, the, like, they need to be ahead, but they don't really need to be ahead. They just need a lot of gold themselves. So it's okay if you get a lot of gold and the other guy gets a lot of gold a lot of the time with these champions because they scale so well in the game. Sure. So I think that that good players are able to find ways to be relevant, make themselves strong without actually needing resources, and that's how you weak side on carry picks. You just make sure that you get a lot of gold and you don't take risk in the lane that could potentially lead to you losing gold. Someone said the boss approach. I don't know if that's the right analogy. <laughs> no. <here. laughs> I mean, kind of, but like, you don't want to like turbo snow. I mean, yeah. All right. You know what? For fuck that point. We just don't even talk about that point anymore. I mean, you know, if you get it, you get it. If not, we just move on. We're, we're 14 hours deep. Like, all right. All right. We're going. We're going. So at the end of the day, anybody be G JDG? I'm saying no. I think top is moving into a meta that is not very preferable for them because I think that, I mean, the, the, Top lane of top has been a contentious point this entire year so far <clears throat> with them, you know, having issues with Wayward, having Ching Tian come in who had was good at the start, but then got kind of found out on his limited champion pool and aggressive play style. Now Wayward's back in, but I think that it's going to be very hard to win in this meta without a solid top laner. And so I just, I mean, I think EDG actually has a relatively good shot versus top esports. And then on the other side, like who's going to beat JDG? BLG has typically had a very tough matchup into JDG. JDG still looking amazing. I don't think LNG is good enough or, or Weibo is good enough to take out either of these teams. So I think it's just JDG would be a shock if they lost.
Yeah, I think BLG is like looking like the best team in LPL, but they always lose to JDG. So yeah. I just can't see JDG not making it to finals. And I just feel like they just it's just the level counter. of experience on JDG as well that, you know, these guys are going to ramp it up when it when it gets really tough. Right. I mean, I guess the cope would be that I think the meta is moving away from things that benefit JDG. So part of the reason why JDG was so good before was the fact that they had like all these engage angles that other people couldn't match. So when you looked at their core play style, it involved a lot of Annie, for example, like it was playing or Ari Gragas, playing, or Orn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gragas. Like, I mean, Wukong is nerfed. Annie is no longer as good as it was. Annie was also nerfed a while back, but Annie is no longer as good as it was. Nico's no longer as good as it was. So now we're in a, a meta that favors things like Azir. And I don't know if JDG will be as good at playing a more control style. We haven't seen that from them um, or I've seen them be like excellent on that style. So it's not that I think that they're worse than BLG. I just think that maybe BLG will have some benefit here and they could make it closer because if you look up until this point, most BLG versus JDG series are just, I mean, BLG is just getting fucking stomped. So, yeah. There's also the fact that Bin might be the best top laner in the world right now. Yeah, he's fucking good. And so here's something that I think is really cool, though, about BLG. If you follow them the whole LPL split, you can tell that they are just, they are using the split in preparation to try to beat JDG. If you look at the way that they reoriented their team, when they came back to LPL, they obviously lost to JDG at MSI Finals. And what did they immediately do as soon as they got back to LPL? They're like, all right, we know that Bin can play his fucking Jax. We know he can play his Gwen and all that shit. They put so many games this split into playing weak side top laners, like playing Renekton, playing Orn, playing Cassante. Like they just tried to play Gragas. They tried to play the 369 champions on Bin to add another dimension to their gameplay so that they could contend with JDG more later on in the season. I think that that's really fucking cool that they were trying to level up like they're already so good they're i mean msi would probably make them the second best team in the world right yep. and they are trying to level up just to beat jdg because they want to be champions so i love that i love that point there too giving us something to look forward to assuming because they're probably going to make it to worlds so uh thanks for that tom um next time we have this episode so next episode we will know who the finalists are actually we'll know one of the finalists we won't know yeah. the uh second finalist at that time yet so uh a lot of these predictions will be coming in who will be the lng D uh, weibo winner uh who's gonna win between blg and top and then the final three teams will still be there so uh definitely something to look out for as we breeze through the best bracket in the world of league of legends Finally, to close it on off, let's head over to North America, uh, where we've got eight teams. Everyone gets the participation trophy unless you spend the most or the least money. That's how it works. <laughs> I think TSM actually spent the least money, but sure. Less than Immortals, man. They're probably the same. I mean, they're probably all on minimum. So Yeah. You know what? TSM spent more money because they have six players on their roster. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> lawyer! Wait, you think Ruby? <laughs> I, I would. I assumed that they actually recouped some. I assumed that Ruby was paying. To be on that <laughs> Maybe no. He's paying for the shot. Uh, also, guys, this is a great time to mention. Only way I our, put him on my team. Our LFN match of the week is in the LCS, and you might be wondering why is it in the LCS when there are other good games. Well, uh, we had to pick this before we do some of the LEC matchups because obviously. <laughs> 
those happened late um and we didn't it's have we had to <laughs> that's um, the only reason why this was it i i really i really wanted to pick the telecom war but i think the t1 fans have finally been been mentally boomed because kt has 1.175 odds uh, on that so i was sad i couldn't get at least a 1.4 for kt oh whoa kt is 1.75 odds 1.175 like, oh 1.175 odds damn that's crazy yeah so uh i was hoping for at least a one four for kt so that there would be some value i, I was i was surprised it wasn't three to one for kt i know right uh yeah. I, that's what I, I already got that value though from the last telecom war so we're doing oh, okay. great nice. also shout out to kt because they were our match of the week last week versus gen g also parlayed them with their d plus wins so we got over a thousand uh a thousand dollars back just by parlaying and and uh, picking up KT. So that was great. And by the way, we've gotten all of our match of the week predictions correct so far. And so that means you can get an extra 10% bonus on the LFN match of the week. Uh, bonus winnings up to $100 USDT or its equivalent to another cryptocurrency. Uh, on your first bet, obviously you can't do it a million times, guys. Like, come on. That, that should be evident. Anyway, this week's match is Team Liquid versus NRG. Team Liquid is almost at 1.5. So I feel like this is a very good time to take what should be a pretty heavy favorite in the best of five against NRG. Thoughts, Tom? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I didn't go with Team Liquid. I had the opposite where I went with the um, other side of things because I think EG versus TSM, like, I got that at, at for so for a 3-1, I got 1.5, and I thought that that was good enough. Like, 1.5, yeah. 3-1, like, I don't really think the TSM should be able to win two games. I mean, they had a really <laughs> bad last week, right? They had a That's really a bad call. last week. Um, And I think EG looked pretty good in the final week, so I think that unless Insanity does some crazy shit, EG should be able to at least 3-1 them. So that's what I took. But yeah, I could see the other side of the bracket, the TL Energy match being a better call. I like that one though. I like that one. Just the the actual match score. That seems really reasonable. Yeah. Straight up though, energy. This is a team that punches up oh. to their weight, man. It's the scary Don't... part. That's why I'm scared. You, man. It, I'm... It, it's a in a best of one, I would agree with you. Egon, this is a best of five. Yeah. And you've got actually, I think the largest coaching staff in energy. You have the vets that have been there before. You leveled up at your support role. And from what I've heard, uh, support and AD carry role, and what I heard, this is what they were preparing for. This is why they made the move for playoffs, for pressure. Oh, okay. Oh. <laughs> There's your cell if you're a fan of Juanito. Let's try to move that line over a little bit. You know? <laughs> I think, I think right. people are coming off a high because they took that game off of Cloud9. You know, yeah. in the in the final week, but I don't think that's I, I don't think NRG is going to get blanked here. I think they'll win a game, but I do think Team Liquid is coming in as a as a pretty heavy favorite. Um, TL, I mean, they lost a couple of games this last week as well, but they lost to much better teams in EG and Golden Guardians, and EG is just one of those teams where, you know, once they get rolling, it's hard to stop them. But if you gum up the works at all and put them behind, then they just lose the game. They like speed run losing the game. Um, and Golden Guardians has been, I think, the most overall consistent in terms of form in the LCS because Cloud9 has had some absolutely horrendous losses, um, whereas I feel like that's less true of, of GG. Yeah. Uh, actually, let me double check this, but a question came in. Are they starting APA or Harry? 
I don't know why they would change away from APA. I uh, can't imagine why. Yeah, they if they do, do they they are trying to lose on purpose. APA got beat up a little bit the last couple of weeks. I felt like he got solved and was getting gapped, but he did perform well against uh, the guys that he called out in the interview with me. He wanted to have a a good performance in against um, against MNS. He got to do it against Insanity as well, even though they lost. Well, MNS uh, is incredibly overrated. Yeah. Oh. oh. So is this going to help us with our predictions for uh, playoffs then? No, I think Cloud9 still going to win. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> All right. Well, if you think uh, MNS is overrated or you don't, honestly, it's probably people that don't leave, leave us a comment look, below over at our YouTube look, channel. Look, 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 look. Uh, Cloud9 won a title last year with, you know, the corpse of Jensen on their roster. We know what this, we know what this group of players can do. MNS is not the key to their success or failure. The Corpse of Jensen has another chance to go to world. The longest streak <laughs> in worlds, active streak going to world. Just throwing that one out there. But don't, you know, let's speak some respect on those bones. All right. Let's close it on out here. Dom is not enjoying my stalling. Uh, All right. Uh, that's fine. Dom, who do you think is going to an LCS? So I, okay. So I have a, I have a take on this. Actually, I was going to say this on Facebook, but I saved it for this show. So good guy. Here's Dom. my take. I think that Cloud9 will win the LCS. I think they'll be Golden Guardians. And I think that they'll do this because they know how to win NA. They know how to slow games down and play that like really fucking boring, grind it out style, not blow cooldowns, show up to the J the Drake, set it up and just win through like just these like really, really, really slow, boring games. But I think that Golden Guardians will do better internationally. And the reason why I think Golden Guardians will do better internationally, unless they play against Cloud9 again, because I think that they're like stylistically countered, um, is because they understand a concept of fighting for cooldowns and giving themselves advantage through, like, I know people say LPL perma fights, but in reality, the reason why LPL fights so much is because they understand how to take a fight that will lead to a better secondary fight for an objective in the future that matters. So yep. Golden Guardians, I think there was a really good game where they showed this. This is the game versus 100 Thieves. And what they would do is they would take a fight when they were losing, actually, they would take a fight to just blow double his flash. They would blow double his flash, blow his cleanse. And then when he has his, his summoners down, the next fight is super free. They can just dive him with Vi and there's nothing he can do. Um, and I don't think Cloud9 knows how to create summoner spell imbalances in their favor so that they can leverage that in a future fight. I think they just played the straight up LCS grinded out league. And I feel like the reason why you have these LCS situations where it looks like everyone's just running in a circle is because everyone has full summoners. So it's very hard for you to do anything, but golden guardians puts the other team in situations where the fights are easier to play because the, because people are missing resources on both sides. There's times, for example, I'm going to make a, a video on this where I, I explain it more in deep detail, but there's times, for example, where in the immediate, a flash blow for an alt could be actually good for the person that blew the flash, even though in the future, like if you go for five minutes, obviously ultis have lower cooldowns than flashes. Golden Guardians understands the concept of like guy number one flashes on the Zaya. Zaya burns ult. Okay, now Zaya has no ult in the team fight, and we just win the team fight. Doesn't matter if we have no flash. And I don't think that these things are thought about in Cloud9. It doesn't seem like they are 
trying to blow flashes for the future i think they're just trying to take like good fights like we are ahead at this point we take the fight when we're ahead if we're behind okay we like scale up and then we hit certain items like certain item spikes then we fight again um and this is something that i really like about golden guardian so even though i think c9 will win i think golden guardians is a better team i like the take <laughs> I mean, I think it's also true that probably, you know, two of the three MVP candidates in the league, so Jojo, Pian, Blabber, and Berserker, two of them are on C9, which obviously helps your chances just in terms of individual ability. I, I talked to a lot of uh, pro players when I did the crackdown. I would have pro players all the time. And one thing that they would always say is there's teams that are good at winning LCS, and then there's, like, teams that are just trying sure. to be the best team possible. Winning yeah. LCS is a little bit different. Like yeah, of course. <laughs> when you to win LCS, you you can win by being really inactive. If you think about those TSM rosters where it was like they do nothing and lose when they play against the top teams at Worlds, they did nothing and won in NA. Doing nothing yep. is not necessarily good. If you play True. certain types of comps, maybe it's good to do nothing. If you're playing like a Jace Maokai comp, you probably don't want to blow a bunch of flashes and end up with these imbalances so that you end up having to fight on, on weird terms. Like you want the game to be stable. You want to walk in, throw a sapling in every bush, throw a couple shock blasts, poke them out. They try to engage, you flash away. It's not good all the time to create imbalances. I love but, this. Uh, the problem with TSM is that when they would go internationally, they would play against teams they needed to do this against. They would play like these Syndra comps or they would play, how many times do we see the fucking Jace Rise? They would play Jace Rise. It felt like every time they were eliminated, they were playing Jace Rise and it was like, NA Jace, all this shit. And what would end up happening is like they would play Rise and Rise is supposed to be able to move around the map with ulti. You're supposed to like make the game yeah. your pace. They, they fall, what you're saying is they fall against proactive teams because when you're supposed to make a proactive play with champions, instead what NA does is just all cluster around Dragon and just opt into a different kind of team fight. Yeah, and when they when they would play the proactive champions, they were too concerned with playing like standard league, which is we get items, we hit certain yep. spikes, we go to the objective, and then we win because we're stronger than them. Like, you're not stronger than them if they have all their summoners. If they have all their summoners and all their flashes and you're playing Rise, you can no longer do this, like, Rise flank. Oh, you're suddenly behind them and, like, this guy's just fucked because he has nothing he can do. It's like you get behind him and he presses cleanse and then he flashes and then suddenly you're just, like, in a front to back and you're playing Rise and this guy's fucking blocking you and you're kind of short range and it's it's just annoying to play. So I think that this is, like, a, a big issue in general from watching NA is that they don't fight these, like, mini fights for like summoners like they don't fight for a summoner they fight they, i i like the phrase that wolf uses from this and, and he he pulled it in from fighting games and from overwatch mm -hmm. which is uh fighting in the neutral which just means that you know you are skirmishing without an objective up in order to extract resources of summoners and ultimates or major cooldowns from your opponents i love um that. yeah I hope this makes sense to our viewers, and, and I think everyone will look forward to the video that you put out there to, yeah, to describe the to situation well. and how it can happen within pro play. Yep. Um, all right. Let's There's our up. picks for uh, the LCS. Let's close it out. Certified banger of the week. Banger time. Give me the uh, graphic right now. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <geez. laughs> it's been a long day <laughs> i'm sweating dude like and I can i'm, only I'm sweating too i'm in my garage just like yeah see look at my armpits 
I just oh, overheated yeah. in my garage. Hell yeah. Nice. Oh, yeah. Is that your setup? Your setup's in the garage? I mean, I have a fully finished garage and I have an AC oh. in here, but it's still very hot in LA at the moment. Yeah, nice. it is warm. Um, Monty, OMG you, versus ADD. Have you said publicly where you're moving yet? Oh, I'm, 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 well, uh, here's what I'm going to do. Uh, in early September, I'm going to put all my shit in a truck and send it to Colorado. And then I'm going to go to Korea from September until April. And then I'm going to move to Denver. So there you oh, go. you're moving to Denver. Okay. Yep. Going back to going back to my home state, getting the fuck out of LA. Done I'm done with these LA prices, Dom. You you know how it goes. Yeah, I was done with it a while back. I I said, fuck you, LA. That's why I'm here. <laughs> I mean, there's just no reason for me to be here anymore because I don't do anything that requires me to be here. And obviously, like being closer to your parents when you have kids is very helpful and useful. Yeah. And also I like Colorado and I'm just gonna go skiing all the time. So it'll be great. Nice. Sounds... I was hoping you moved to. I, I think I'm making a Vegas move. That's why I. Uh, oh, really? You're just yep. going to go speaking of it, burning up. Damn. Yeah. Are oh, you... I'm. It's going to be AC out the ass. But yeah. I'm surprised. Why are you moving to Vegas? You already yeah. pay 0% taxes. <laughs> um. Well, okay. So so here's one thing. I guess we're going off topic. Oh, the, so, the internet is great in Vegas. Yeah. So the internet's great. That's one thing. Another thing is there's just more to do in Vegas than there is. And like, I mean, it depends on what you're into, but like I, I, I'm kind of the type of guy that wants to like go to a nice restaurant, go to a show. I think that's better to do in Vegas than in in Austin. Austin's like kind of like live music. Yeah. So um, that's part of it. The other part is like the way they get you in Texas is there's no state income tax, but the property tax is high Uh, as fuck. Yes, true. But but Vegas is like low income tax no income tax low property tax as well so yeah. that's like See? one thing that i'm trying to i'm trying to remove all the costs that are just bullshit and if i can go to a place where like i enjoy it, it to live more anyway like might as well chat chat thought you were gonna say gamba but i don't think people know dom is a dom dom doesn't need to gamba online <laughs> or gamba in person he gambas online. also also yeah. guys you just have to remember that Dom doesn't go outside. He just told you he watched 13 hours of League of Legends and then he needs to Oh, I to go sleep. outside. I went outside <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> okay. I just don't go outside while I'm watching League of Legends. That's yeah. Fair. That's actually fair. the yeah. color that you always wonder why the color is a little off on Dom's screen. It's because he has a yellowish light to give him a little bit of skin tone. That's why the red <laughs> I will dominate sign behind him looks a little more orange. He doesn't go outside. No, I, I agree with you though. I mean, the restaurant scene is extraordinary in Vegas. And also, even if you're not into gambling, Vegas just has tons of stuff to do these days it's very yeah, fun. i mean it's just it's just really nice to like go see like a show and then oh, i yeah. think that they might have a sports team soon so like, uh, i mean they have sports teams but a, a ba- uh, basketball team soon so like that'll be yep. fun to do i think that that'll most likely happen I mean, if you look at how everything's trending with them getting the raiders and the vegas the golden knights and yeah yeah, yeah. uh for, again we have a lot of european viewers the taxes are pretty high here kakona uh freedom Kakona, but uh <laughs> i'm stuck here in la because of the shows and i just you know keep looking for a relationship in los angeles i don't know why they just look D-Gon. you know, start your new youtube show Degon's love in la Degon dates Degon does dates there it is would you guys watch please i watch it <laughs> please it's can okay. you stream, it depends you how stream cringe your it was. Dates? i can't watch many like dating shows it's not cringe. The, the stories I have are now funny, but in the moment, I'm just like, I can't believe this is happening. I, I have actually Again. heard from people that the dating scene in Los Angeles is fucking horrific. Yeah. 
I don't it, know. When I was there, it's just like it just depends on like what you're looking for. Yeah, wait, Dom, Dom dating is so different than like me normal person dating. I feel like that has to be different. That has to be different. It wasn't well, that much. Wait, why? You think I just leverage like? Not no. I don't. I don't think you did anything intentionally like that. But I think you know people know who. Uh, they don't know Christian. They know Dom. They know. Oh, is this? Are you? I will dominate. Yeah, it's like good and you know? bad in a way. I would say. Yeah, it's, it's a different. It's a different thing. Oh, don't me, have to uh, worry about that shit anymore. Thank God. Thank God. God. I also, <laughs> right. I also count my blessings on that front. Yeah. For those of you to, that, you got, you can just come to Denver with me. You're a Broncos fan. It's time for, for us to watch the Broncos revival. Uh, for those of you uh, watching and, and interested in hosting, that's called a hard pivot. They don't want to talk about this anymore. So let's go to <laughs> OMG versus EDG, our certified banger of the week. Uh, it was a best of five series. Great, great series. OMG up 2-1. They went with the double marksman composition here, Dom, to, to push it over the edge, right? That was game number four. It was the Zaya-Tristana uh, combo that, oh, it was close. It was I mean, close. I, here, I'll just, I'll just, just, we could do this really quickly. You should watch this series. It's very entertaining. It's everything you would want to see from these two teams playing each other. You got the Uzi vein nostalgia game. Uh, like, who didn't, for, you know? And they did. He had a good early game, though. To be fair, well, he and, lost lane, and then he got a gank because JJ just carries him perma. But yeah, yeah. and then, like fine, but he did get like what a triple in that gank, and then oh, because ended JJ up in Mako. But I mean, he auto attacked. <laughs> <laughs> you know, look, it's about the narrative, Dom. You wanted okay, to see yeah. the Uzi. You wanted to see the Uzi vein game. We all wanted to see it. He lost, and the way he lost was to an OMG fucking Rel Yone Cream Yone Wombo combo. Like nope. what? What more do you want from this game? It was like the quintessence of these players and these teams going against each other, and it was really quite entertaining. JJ Legacy Series. This guy, I, I, I felt bad going into the series because you just don't want to play against a player like JJ. Like the thing about JJ is he has he's like hit or miss during the season. He has bad games, good games, but ever since that like summer playoffs, he's or that that summer playoffs in like 2021 where he got subbed that one time. He's just clutch. He's just good when it matters. Like even in the series, if you guys remember EDG versus DRX, I thought he was I thought he was better than Pioshik in that series. Like the series that went to five games that they played at Worlds. Like JJ was just he was just big in that series. Like he just shows up. I mean, we'll five see how he does. Sejuani games, the dream. Five Sejuani, but it's like <laughs> Sejuani is the thing about Sejuani is it's like like he could play everything. Number one, this guy could play everything. But we like he was known as a Viego player. Just Sejuani is good right now, so he's going to play a champion that's strong, and he plays it fucking well. And he's all over the map. I mean, he he ran Aki for the most part. Um, it was tough to watch, but he is a really fucking top tier jungler, and I think he's just a competitor. Um, which is what I like to see the most out of LPL teams, to be honest. Like when you watch them play, it doesn't feel like you get that many chokes out of teams. Like. People have bad games. People have bad moments. But the teams, as, as like as holes, they play their game. They play like relatively to what level you'd expect out of them. And there's a lot of that true competition. Like you can feel that there's a, a sense of pride, and teams are going there to just prove that they're the fucking best. And I, I love to see um, that out of teams. So, I mean, this is a fucking banger series. EDG ver versus OMG. I mean, I thought for the most part. You know, you had Cream getting the best of Fofo in the mid lane, and then he had fucking horrific ints, and, you know, that was kind of the end of it. <laughs> I think in lane, Uzi was not as good as as Abel, for example. 
It was close. I mean, it was definitely. Oh, you also got an able Samira game. I mean, this this, this is like sick. why it was fun. I mean, like it was it like was OMG. Just, like you're always gonna get that with OMG. You always get. Fun I know games it's fun. Yeah, so like, I mean, and we also got you know we also got a, an Uzi like throwback Jinx game as well. So oh. you did get to see kind of a lot of Uzi's greatest hits in this series. Which if you're mm. an o- old school League of Legends fan. Look, Uzi's not the player he used to be, but it's still fun for nostalgia reasons to so go back is, and see him these, play these champions. So Uzi is not playing well right now. Like if you go to like well as you're playing in LPL, the best region in the world, and you're playing versus like, look at the other 80 carries that he, that he got to when he, when, when you got to top six. Jackie Love, Gala, you have Ruler in there, Elk. And then light, like those are really fucking good players. So he's not as good as those players. But that being said, think about the fact he took three years off and he's actually yeah. like still able to compete. Like that's the thing that I think that's the real story with Uzi is he's so fucking good here. He was so fucking good that he could take three years off, have a baby stream, do all this shit, come back. And like he's played less than a full split. Yeah. And and, and he's serviceable. Like he's not can- perfect. He makes mistakes, but he's like he's able to compete. That's crazy. Contrast that to double lift, right? No, no shade, but he's probably a middle of the pack AD carry this year in terms of form. And he took a year off. Was it just two years? Two, two years. years. So there's your one to one example right there. Uh, a hell of a series. I was worried there, Dom, that you're going to try to sell us on Sejuani as a champ. Right, you're like, ah, he's a competitor. It's more about JJ being a competitor. This is why he's really like, good right now. I mean, he's he's a good Sejuani. Like you watch sure. the way he plays the game, and like he's super active in the fucking game. Like he's all over the place. He's ganking. Like, he he just hits the right timing. When you watch the game from a jungler perspective, it's really nice to watch. Like JJ is just making the difference in these games. He's hitting timings at right times. He's abusing summoners being down. This guy is, I mean, he's a fucking monster. He's a really fucking good player. So it's going to be interesting to see the the Korean, uh, Korea versus China and Asian games. Yeah. Also, just a shout out to Ale as well, who I mentioned earlier is just doing really, really well in the top 10 right now. Yeah, Yeah, he did. So I think that Shanji did a pretty good job in all the games besides for game number four, where the Jacks just like took over, where he got that uh, 2v1 kill. That was tough. That was tough. But in the other games, I thought Shanji like really held his own. I mean, the Malphite versus Renekton game, that's just how Malphite versus Renekton looks. Like I think Shanji played the lane to, to what you're supposed to do. Yeah, game that number two, one, I thought Shanji was better than him. Like That 2v1, though, is kind of a fluke because if Ali doesn't hit six after getting the first kill, then like he does. That's doesn't. pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah I that, mean, that was just Shanji, feels bad. <laughs> yeah, Shanji misplayed. Like he should have W'd and then insta E'd, but he tried to weave an auto. And in that auto, he ended up just getting one tapped. And mm. yeah, I mean, that's really unfortunate. That pretty much loses the game. But I thought that overall, I mean, it was just like a war between good players. And, you know, there was a couple more mistakes from OMG, so they end up losing. All right. Well, there they you have it. fighting five games. I mean, it is what it is. And hey, if you like that series, if you watch OMG versus EDG, you like that series, watch Top versus EDG. It's another five game series. And like this just shows how competitive LPL is, right? Like OMG lost by one game to EDG. Yeah. EDG lost by one game to Top Esports. And there I'm, were other I'm... wars. I'm looking forward to I'm looking forward to watching that series because it happened this morning. So I haven't been able to more people got to watch LPL, man. Like LPL is fun. Like I'm I really like seeing that. Like there's so many viewers now in Cadrill's chat and in my chat and on the stream compared to like previous years where playoff series might have like 15K on the mainstream or like 12K on the mainstream and like 5K on my stream. Now, like 
Cajun's got like 17. I think I have like seven today. The mainstream have like 25. Like people, people are starting to watch more LPL and like LPL is a fun fucking region. Like these, it is. The, the playoffs are Agreed. fucking sick. Yeah. Especially because now that we've, uh, I had my notepad out earlier when we were listing off all the different accolades of these top six teams. Oh. It's, it's pretty awesome to, to, so much to history. See. Yeah. Yeah, 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 so much history, so many storylines. Like you don't even have to try. I mean, just think about what we're getting tomorrow. Like, lit okay, so we're gonna finish this in ten hours. There's another LPL series, and it's just another absolute fucking banger between LNG and Weibo. Like, that's that's the next series, and then you get past this, and you're like, oh man, like all right, let's cool down a bit. BLG, <laughs> BLG is not, the day and after. JDG like, versus LNG or Weibo. Yeah, yeah, so and JDG versus LNG versus Weibo. It's too fucking insane, bro. LPL Meanwhile, is too fucking cool. Uh, LCK these next couple of weeks is just ending the regular season with a bunch of actually just super boring games. But so. it's actually really cool because that means that like you watch LPL, the LPL, the whole grind is right now. And then afterwards you get LCK playoffs. And now it's not like yep. all of them stacked on top of each other. You can watch all of that. them. Also, shout, shout out to LEC, like actual season finals starting after LCS and LCK finals end yep. so that LEC will be the only league running. So we actually get to pay attention to all of those matches. Yep. Yeah, there it is. And I won't Good. be doing these shows after 12-hour days. Yeah. <laughs> even even next week, that's true. I no. don't know if you felt that. No one felt it. Andrew just held his breath when he said, I won't be doing these shows. <laughs> <laughs> Ever again. Yeah, I mean, if we if we went any higher than two on the OMG fraud fraud meter, then maybe we wouldn't. But, you know, we, we kept it reasonable. See, we gave Flyquest a 30 and OMG a, like a See, one average. You... You realize that sometimes I put things in there just so that we can debunk them so that we can, you know, control the proper narrative, right? Yeah. I mean, even like Cadro messaged me after that, like OMG series, like he like obviously like the whole thing is he's like playing like I'm a OMG hater. I mean, he's really just yeah. like a, it's just like yeah, a joke between us because yeah, I flame the shy and then he's like, fuck you. You flame my team. I'll flame your team. Like, that's like right. the joke, right? Right. He messaged me after he was like, damn, bro, that was a club. He's like, I feel kind of bad for OMG. Like he's playing the OMG hater on stream. He messaged me after he's like, dude, I feel bad I mean, for it's OMG. Just, like, it's the fuck. same thing that Doe and I would do about T1 versus KT on casts back in the day, right? Like we just pretended to be fans of those teams because it was entertaining. And it was funny because yep. like KT would always lose and I would be sad. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which is funny, apparently. <laughs> it is funny. People find it entertaining. That's just uh, entertainment, baby. All right. That's it. I know. Go I know. Watch that wait, series. Wait, 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 wait. There's yeah, go watch that series. But along the lines, I don't overthink this, Tom. Does OMG stay together? I I hope so. I don't think they will though. The problem is three. So I looked in the contract database, and three of their players are expiring. Cream, Abel, and Aki, all their contracts expire. And like like I said, dude, OMG, they didn't like spend a lot of money on this roster. I don't know if they're ready to shell out contracts to get these guys back together. And I think a lot of players are going to want cream. I think the fact that he showed like, obviously he like choked this game, but like he showed a level of skill on the meta champions where you think, man, if he's this good on meta, what happens if it's his meta? What happens if we get into Silas Akali Ari meta? Like again, like we've, we've had so many Silas Akali metas. He's, he could just be like one of the best mid laners in LPL. Like well, he might be able to, to beat like, dude, this guy did a lot this year, right? Like, who did who did who did he beat last split? Who did he have to beat in series in order to get to top four? He beat rookie and he beat scout. 
And like, if you're beating those guys, and then imagine if like the meta hits them right in the face, and imagine if you put them with like a jungler, or you put them with somebody who's not Aki, you put them with one of these beast junglers in LPL, JJ, for example. I mean, what if he just went to EDG? That's what I'm worried about. I don't know if all these guys are going to resign. I could deal with Aki leaving the team. I could even deal with PB God leaving the team. If Abel and Kramer are no longer on the team, it's just not OMG anymore. You know, like the thing that's so cool about them is having all those different play, all, all those three players in those three lanes. Well, uh, they got the new logo this year. I don't know if that meant they had new injection of money or new leadership or whatever it is, but maybe, maybe Dom's dream won't be over yet. Maybe they, they so. could always, they could always be like T1, you know, run it back and burn out next year around summer playoffs. Yeah. <laughs> All right, all right, all right. I'm going to leave you with that. Y'all, it has been a hell of an episode, two hours plus on this one. Thank you so much for watching. Thanks to both of you guys for knocking this one out. Uh, final words, Dom? I am going to sleep. That's nice. it. Good night, sweet prince. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that it, Mati? That's it. All right. Uh, Laban Pilipinas, good luck today in your game. Thank you so much for watching. We'll catch you next week for more Power Spike. See ya.